What's up, everybody? Welcome to PSI Love You XOXO, episode 49. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the new face of video games, the cyberpunk himself. Blessing at Oye Jr. I like that you're back again with the Juness shirt. I appreciate it. Two Looks good on you. It's chilly. It's winter. You know what I mean? It's a. It's what? It's It's got to be in the low 60s here in San Francisco? Boo, I'm chilly. I need a sweatshirt. You know, California ruined me. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you, Blessing? I'm doing good. I'm very tired. It's I was going to say, week. how tired are you, right? Yeah, yeah. Of course, if you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, right now, YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games, uh, the Gamescast podcast feed, it's our review of Cyberpunk 2077. And when I say our review, I mean Blessing has played and beaten Cyberpunk 2077. He, We only got one code. Uh, he's the one who played it on PC, and he had it. What You got it last Monday. So you had it as Tuesday. of recording. Oh, Tuesday? I thought, oh, yeah. Geez, right. So you had less than a week to, I mean, till right now, till review embargo, let alone the fact that we had to record it, obviously, ahead of time, so we recorded it on Sunday. So you had to beat a game that is Cyberpunk 2077, arguably the biggest RPG of the year. Sorry, Persona 5 Royal, but you understand what I'm saying? Barrett, don't get me. And I'm Ooh. saying that you only had Tuesday through Sunday to do it. Yes. A game you've waited years for. Yes. How much did you sleep? Honestly, like I thankfully, if you if by the time people make it to, the, to this episode of PS Love, they probably already know that like the game is it took me 28 hours to beat. And for me, I was trying to pace out my time. I didn't necessarily expect to beat it uh, when I first yeah. started playing the game. I was expecting the review to be more so like a review in progress. And it wasn't until like Thursday or Friday where I started seeing the, the progress I was making in the story. And I was like, this thing might be way shorter than I, than I expected to be because I, I didn't know whether it was going to be 40 hours or 140 hours. And I was yeah. expecting it to be anywhere in there. And so when I, when I made it toward the last few missions, I was like, all right, if I mainline the rest of this thing, maybe I'll be able to beat it. And sure enough. Yeah. I beat it by, by hour 28. And I was like, thank God. Uh, and like, that said, like I still kept playing uh, past that because I think the core of the game goes way beyond the the main story. But with that, I was able to pace myself pretty well. I I committed to doing like six hours a day uh, yeah. since Tuesday, Jeez. and yeah. that uh, we- weirdly enough that helped out a lot. Like I was like, all right, if I just commit to these hours, I should be good and not destroy myself. And I'm tired, but I'm I'm alive. I'm here. I made it. You, I think you get to know one of those, uh, I think few of uh, the video gaming populace gets to know in the general sense, right, of that relief of today where it's like it's over. You're literally Frodo at the end of the movie, right? It's over. Like you've gotten it. The review's out. You hit your embargo. Everything went well. Yeah. I feel for people who are doing like guides and, oh my and, God, I can't and stuff imagine. for this game because it is huge. And that also means that it's not over <laughs> when the embargo goes up. I mean, so well, I'm, it's just getting started for Janet Garcia yeah. and, and, and Miranda over there at IGN, right? On the guys team. I mean, they, again, like codes were sparse to say the least in terms of who was getting what. So I'm sure even if they have some, they don't have the entire team taken care of because you have to take care of the reviewers. Yeah. And I'm in, I'm in a very blessed place where thankfully, because the, the game, no pun intended, because the game was uh, uh, only took like a decent amount of time to finish. I get to finish the game and now I'm in a place where I want to replay the game. I want to play it again with a different play style and actually enjoy it at my own pace and actually sure. like go through and do way more of the side content. And I have that option now, uh, which yeah. I know for me, like I was complaining earlier uh, today about the review, uh, how the reviews were handled, because I don't think they were handled the best for a game that's so massive. I don't think five days is an adequate amount of time to review Cyberpunk 2077. Agreed. Agreed. But for me and the way I played it and the way I reviewed it and for the way we make content, uh, I think I'm in a... I'll, I I I was in a way better position than I than I could be in terms of covering this thing. Sure. 
Ladies and gentlemen, don't think that's all the Cyberpunk 2077 there is to talk about today. We'll be answering your questions. That's right, your spoiler-free questions about Cyberpunk 2077 because this is PSI Love You XOXO. Each and every week, Blessing and I come to nerd out about all things PlayStation, and you seem to like that. If you really like it, head over to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames where you can get your questions on the show. You can get your PSN profiles judged. You can get the show ad-free. You can get the show with the post show we do each and every week and of course you can watch live as we record it embargo is pending of course uh just like the lou is griffin uh fennel is uh rexor is parker petroff is madeline is you could be just like them on patreon.com slash kind of funny games you could even go further and be a patreon producer like james hastings sancho west gaming and julian the gluten-free gamer of course, if you have no bucks tossed away, it's no big deal. You can go to youtube.com slash games each and every Tuesday morning for a brand spanking new episode. And of course, podcast services around the globe each and every week, like I already said. But it's kind of like I was going to say weekday because I'm used to doing games daily so much. Uh, housekeeping for you. There's only one more PSI Love You XOXO after this in 2020. That's right. We are taking two weeks off at the end of the year for holiday break, meaning that next week is your final PSI Love You XOXO episode 50 of 2020. Well, we doing anything special? What do you want to do? Uh, oh, that's a that's a that's a big question. For right, the final know, right? PS Love You. We could do like we could come up with some PSI Love You XOXO awards. You know what I mean? That'd be fun. PlayStation Awards. Like the, definitive, PlayStation the, the definitive best PlayStation game of 2020. Sure. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like how Do contested that is that? You know? Pretty contested. I mean, you know? Do you think it's not? Not really. You don't think it's... Well, you think... So you think it's last? Like how do we... How, I mean, how do we define PlayStation year? game? Because like are we talking I mean, about like PlayStation published? I think this is the show next week. See, I think we're, you're oh, starting yeah. show, next week's show here. We're doing PlayStation. We're doing the first annual PSI Love You XOXO year-end awards for episode 50 next week. Uh, make, look for me to update the submission doc on patreon.com slash games in the coming days with different categories we come down on to figure it out. Maybe we'll do that in the post show. That way we can start net, netting out what we want to do for cool. categories next Because like, if we're talking about PlayStation published game, said, don't then like, it's the last of part too. Like, well, what's the conversation uh, to have? You're, you're going to do Miles Morales. Not like necessarily published. And he's coming in off the ropes with Persona are we, 5 are Royal. We gonna right? act? How many times? Remember time, every time you forget about Persona 5 Royal Blessing and you're like, oh, maybe Yeah, but that's not PlayStation published. But again, it's PlayStation exclusive. It's not on any. Well, in other that case, we're t- in that case, the answer is Final Fantasy VII Remake. <sighs> oh, we got to have this conversation. We'll do this in the post. Show. Don't start now. It's crazy because Persona Five Cyberpunk Royal show. is still the best reviewed game of 2020, even with Cyberpunk out. You know, it's crazy. <gasps> and it's crazy that you guys are sleeping. I keep on forgetting Pat about Persona Five Royal coming up this year finally. You know? Yeah, Persona Five Royal might be the might, might be the answer. Yeah, that's a good point. Go. It's already started. That's a very good point. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, of course, remember that this Thursday are the Game Awards. That's right. They will be live. We will be live reacting to them. Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. The show itself begins at 4 p.m. Pacific time. We'll be live before then so you can come watch with us twitch.tv slash kind of funny games if you want to watch it on your own and then watch us freak out about whatever the hell we're freaking out about you can catch the recap on youtube.com slash kind of funny games later uh today we're sponsored by legend of bumbo it's available now on google play for $14.99 and play pass holders can play it for free and our other sponsor is gabby but i'll tell you about both of them later for now let's begin the show with topic of the show blessing greg it seems like Cyberpunk 2077 has been bearing down on us for years, decades. It's finally here. It's this week. Come hell or high water, it's coming out. You have played it. You have beaten it. 
Your review is yes. up on the Kind of Funny Games cast, of course. You can go get in-depth uh, conversation there as me and Tim just grill you for an hour and change about what's going on in this game and what you think about this game. But, mm-hmm. of course, today as we record this, Monday the 7th, uh, the review embargo is up. Everyone's reviews are going on right now. Uh, all sorts of commentary out there about the game. You know, I thought Dre- Jeff Grubb over at GamesBeat has a great review where he gives it a 3 out of 5, but he's very good at being like, here's where it fell short of my expectations, but here's why it's still a good game or a great game even. Uh, and then, you know, nines all over the place from like IGN and stuff like that, Game Informer. Those reviews are out there. People were obviously quick to read them. They were watching our re- review and all that stuff. I thought today, PS I Love You XO could be best served by diving into your, that's you, ladies and gentlemen, your cyberpunk questions if we could get there and answer them for you. Uh, so again, uh, people wrote into patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. Uh, I went through, got them. These are the questions that were not answered or expanded upon, I feel, in the review itself. If you're like, hey, I submitted a question and it didn't get read, chances are you didn't watch the full review and it got answered there because I think that's very important. However, bless, people are watching right now, listening right now, driving their tractors, driving their uh, vans full of nuns, trying to get them over, trying to get Sister Mary over there to the university hospital for a screening. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They haven't caught the, the games cast yet. So yes. in a quick synopsis, how long did you play Cyberpunk 2077? What did you play it on? And then what's your like mm-hmm. your your summation of the game? Yeah, I played it for about 30 hours. I played it on PC because those were the only cute, the only codes that they provided. I wish I played it on PlayStation, though I'm trepidatious, trepidatious about what the PlayStation version is going to run like on PS4. But that's a later conversation. I'm, sh- I'm sure somebody wrote in a question about that. Mizuki, no, well, we're going to get to Mizuki's <laughs> question. But yeah, yeah, he did write in about that. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Uh, so like I mentioned on Gamescast that I, I I took down like a lot of notes while playing the game. And I actually, I was going to, I was thinking about reading a summation that I actually wrote down during the weekend as I was oh, trying okay. to gather some of my thoughts. But I ended up not doing it on the Gamescast because it just didn't feel appropriate at any, at any time. I do have like a quick like, not even a quick. I have a paragraph that I wrote that would pretty much sum, sum up my thoughts about Go for it. cyberpunk that I'll, I'll just read here. Ladies and gentlemen, from kindoffunny.com, this is a reading by Blessing Eddie Oye Jr. In a lot of ways, Cyberpunk 2077 is Red Dead Redemption 2, which I'm going to pause there and say I feel like I haven't, I haven't read every single review, but I wouldn't be surprised if this is a constant uh, uh, comparison that people make. And so I feel like I'm going to say this, and this is probably going to be one of those ones of like, you know how people say, like, this game really makes you feel like X character. I feel like this is going to be this of Cyberpunk, of people keep comparing it to Red Dead or other similar open world games. Uh, but to continue, in a lot of ways, Cyberpunk 2077 is Red Dead Redemption 2. Preference is going to dictate a lot about how people receive this game, but ultimately, so much of what it does is a, is of a, a masterful quality, even though there is a lot that I can point to that I personally wish was better refined. That said, I am hooked on it, and I want to play this game forever. It's the world that stands out. It's a world that even that even though at some points feels too edgy or too eager to be badass, it's a world filled with stories, characters, moments, unique environments, new tidbits of lore, personalities, things to do, things to look at, and avenues through which to build V. The depth of content continues to spiral and encourages getting lost in a world, and that's hard to take away. Granted, there being plenty here to pick apart. Uh, and that in that paragraph, I don't really get into bugs and stuff, which oh, sure. were pretty plentiful in my time playing the game, but again, might be patched out by the time people actually receive the game because i i'm playing the game before the day one patch but that said i think there's still going to be things that persist because i don't think it's possible to patch out all the things that i experienced in that game by day one 
and that's how they get you sometimes. We're like, oh, there's a day one patch coming. That's what they'll tell reviewers, right? And oh yeah, there's a day one patch coming. It's like, all right, cool, but like, there's no possible way you could fix all of this, right? Mm-hmm. Like I've seen Gene Park talking about uh, people walking backwards and stuff on stairs and all these different things. You were that's talking funny. about the what the stand-ins being there when you're trying to talk to a character or an NPC or something along yeah. those lines. Like, so that's still gonna be there on launch day, I think. Yeah. Um, and like, I'm curious to see what that looks like on console again because I played PC, which in theory would be the most optimized version of this game um because we have we've had reports that the console versions are the reasons why they're delaying the game and like whether or not that's confirmed who knows but for what this game is i imagine the pc version is way more optimized than the ps4 and xbox one version versions of this particular game yeah you would think so for sure right and i think right there while we're there right uh, Mizuki writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games just like you can and says hey there Greg and bless CD Projekt Red is known for being a PC first developer with neither a PlayStation 4 nor a PlayStation 5 version of the game being available for review how worried are you about how the game will perform on PS5 and PS4 this is more guesswork but do you get the feeling that the bugs will be better or worse on our beloved platform probably worse like I am th- I'm very curious to see how they get this thing to work. Uh, and like, I'm sure through through scaling and through optimization, like I'm not even necessarily worried about them fitting this game, you know, into the PS4, right? Like I think, I, I think certain things scaled back is going to work, right? Like I'm uh, uh, consoles and, and consoles are essentially PCs. Like we're, 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 we've been at that point for a little bit. And so I think, you know, turning down settings or whatever that may look like on the PS4 uh, and Xbox one, you know, that's, that's gonna that's gonna pan out how it pans out uh but in terms of bugs i i don't know what this thing is gonna look like on playstation i can't imagine that it runs well that well like if if i'm experiencing these bugs on pc the ps4 version cannot come out and be uh immaculate ps5 version maybe like who knows but that, that's and next I think, year and i think I now understand why they might be delaying this thing, uh, the next gen versions of this game to next year and not trying to uh, get that ver- get those versions out because I'm sure to some extent those versions probably work. But I think for them, they probably want to make sure that those versions are up to standard with the PC versions, so that when the PS4 version, PS- the PS4 and Xbox One versions of this game come out and are experiencing these different things, they can point to hey, the next-gen version has all these fixes. The next-gen version runs, runs the best on consoles, and the, the next-gen version is the, are, are the versions of these games, of this game that you want to get. I'm terrified for this week. I, you, know, I, I, you, you mentioned at the top of it, and I'd love to get into it a little bit with you, like how uh, tumultuous, contentious this review period has been and the decision CD Projekt Red has made on it, right? And I've seen that a lot today uh, with the reviews posting and uh, some different creators' sites being offended that they didn't get anything. They feel like they were lied to. You know what I mean? Because there's two different things going on here where CD Projekt Red's working with some people, third-party PR is working with other people, third-party PR had just put out a statement being like, hey, you know, we don't have the codes yet. When we get the codes, you'll get the codes. And then a bunch of reviews to drop today looks like they're lying when in fact it was actually CD Projekt Red doing it over here, talking to this. Like, on top of all that being laid in, there I saw Andrea from What's Good, you know, being like, hey, we're not reviewing it because, you know, we're waiting for console codes. And is it just me or is this terrifying that they haven't, they don't have console codes for you? It's like, no, that is 100% terrifying because, you know, best case scenario, knock on my desk, it's going to be very simple. The console codes are going to get here. It's going to be obviously look different than place the PC version, not be as sharp, have frame rate, whatever, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. But it's going to be pretty much the same thing and it's going to be fine. But, 
If that's the case, why aren't those codes out there? And as someone who deals in review code all the time, I could totally understand if they were like, hey, we have Xbox and PC code. PlayStation's going to be a little bit closer to launch. That happens all the time, just for the way, for some reason, PlayStation works in terms of giving out codes. That happens all the time. But that's not the case here. So I think it is very much a, hey, we're giving you only PC code because that's the best version of this game, which only leads to the question of, cool, how bad are the other versions of the game? Yeah. Like, are they they garbage, garbage, or are they just, like, not as good as the PC version? And... Yeah, it's 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 a scary question because the PC version of the game that I've been playing without the day one patch, it, 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 when it comes to the glitches, like especially when I am getting calls from characters and you see their their video on screen because like the, the, the you basically have FaceTiming in the game, right? And they're talking to you and they're clipping back and forth between these stand-in models that that shouldn't be there, right? And it's like, okay, that's a really rough thing to happen on the like in this game for me regularly like that was 50 yeah. percent of the calls i was getting in this game was characters clipping clipping through a, a thing that shouldn't be there um if that's happening on pc then yeah i am scared about the ps4 version uh P- the the i don't i never know what to call it current gen or last gen at this point the ps4 and xbox technically one that's last gen last gen and ps5's current gen and like tim tim uh, i was having this conversation with tim, with tim earlier right and he was mentioning that uh yeah, like the the expectation for this game probably would have been in terms of how they'd handle review codes. Hey, let's give out as many review codes as possible because we want as much coverage as possible because we're so confident in this game. The yeah. way they've been handling reviews this time around doesn't doesn't scream confidence. It like if anything, it confidence. screams the, the very opposite. Like even getting the PC code only five days before the review embargo, I think speaks so much fear in terms of, hey, we are still working on this thing. And like this thing is not ready, but we're in a place where we have to get it out probably because of financial reasons like we've delayed this thing enough already and it has to get out the door and that's unfortunate but like what at the same time I'm like i don't know what you do like what do you do in this situation i mean yeah i you, how how much can you delay it to make it hit and where are you going to hit with it and what's it actually yeah. going to be at like if you d- if you delay it again does that then lead to how much is how much does that fix the game like for a game that you already del- delayed how many months has it been like seven months like de- delaying it into next spring does that allow for a better game or does that then lead to more crunch and things shifting and changing and being able to fix certain things but the game overall still being in this in somewhat of the same state that it is now like how much of that stuff are you able to churn out and is it worth it do you think i know this is something we usually say for a multiplayer game but do you think that early access would have solved this hey we're selling it and it's coming out this day but guess what it's early access it's coming in hot it's going to have a bunch of problems we're going to you know continue to work on it throughout the next six months and eventually you'll have a completed version i think that would be a fascinating way to approach it i think for something as big as cyberpunk i think releasing an early access might fuck with sales a bit of people not being sure and then being like okay well it's early access so i'm gonna wait on it and like for you imagine for early access too they're probably gonna if they're doing that they'd probably release just the pc version for early access unless maybe let's theorize in a, in a case where they are they are releasing the pc and console versions right call sure. it call it early access i think that enough people would be like well fuck i'm just gonna wait for the final version and then conversation happens and then it maybe it doesn't live up to what people are expecting and then that causes a dip in sales because people uh there there are a lot there there are a lot of like oh man this game might be too short or oh man i don't i don't necessarily love what i've heard about the characters or oh man it seems like this game is still buggy 
Like I think that's the I think those conversations would be persistent in a way that might turn people off by the time they'd actually end up picking up the game. That for CD Projekt Red in terms of making sales, it probably wouldn't be worth doing it. Speaking of hurting the sales, Bandwagoner writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says, I recently picked up a PS5 and have a bunch of launch games in the backlog, plus the PlayStation Plus collection. I'm planning to catch up on all of them. I've been looking forward to Cyberpunk, but I wouldn't say my hype levels are at a full 10 out of 10. My question is, do you think it makes sense to wait until a dedicated PS5 version of this game is available, which hopefully will have seen a few rounds of patches and system improvements, and just do my best to avoid spoilers in the meantime? Or is this one of the gaming achievements of the year that should be played ASAP? Thanks for all the great content this year. Bandwagoner. If you if you really want to play this game on console, I'd say wait and see what reviews are uh, and see what people are saying about the, the game when it comes to current gen. That's the thing is they got around it, right? Is it even going to be like our reviews? Like this is always mm-hmm. the thing that I always talk about with like, you know, you have to, again, I hope, you know, CD Projekt Red, uh, has done we always talk about what a great developer they are and they you know that they're you know they gave away all the stuff free for the witcher 3 and yada yada, yada. and granted there's the we're not going to crunch we crunch different argument for what i'm saying for the years of what you've heard about them right but it is so you hope and just pray that like yeah no it's fine it's just they're it's coming in hot they're waiting on a patch they really don't have codes yada 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 yada, yada. but it is that idea of like this is how you play the game and how you play the system where Guess what? Today, all the reviews are up, and it is a 9.0, right? What is I, I saw the Metacritic earlier. It was 91. I'm not sure if it's still mm-hmm. there, right? It's yeah. super high, to say the least, right? You've made that impression. You've made that news. Congratulations. It does not behoove. I can't wait to see when we get console codes. Because technically, if I got a console code right now, I could play it and immediately go to Twitter and be like, I'm playing it, dude, and it is not running well, right? Like, a review bar goes up. I can say what I need to say about it. But I wouldn't be surprised if we don't get console code until the day of release because what benefit is there? And why would you want to get in the way of this 91? If Especially if you're going to come out and it barely runs or something's wrong with it. And so you're talking about like, wait for reviews. Like in the granted, that's a, we're talking about day one stuff, not extrapolate for months and months and months. Mm-hmm. But it is this argument of like, this is how you play the game and game the system in the way that everybody thinks this game is a 91 right now. And then people are going to go buy it on uh, Thursday, pick up Xbox, pick up PlayStation, bring it home, be like, oh my God, this barely runs. And everybody else yeah. can be like, yeah, there's we we you're right, but like, is IGN gonna rush out another review? It'll just be an article. The review will still be that the 91 on yeah. IGN. They'll go through eventually and do an updated thing, but they'll need to play and really see how bad it is. Like you're talking about days before that te- information gets out there, days before the Metacritic on PlayStation 4 uh, Xbox actually reflects what those experiences really are. Greg, did you play Day One Skyrim on PS3? I did. Yeah, I played a lot of Skyrim on PS3, and so I, and I know I, like. What, did, that didn't that like that had a lot of issues if i remember correctly it had a lot of issues down the line that's what okay that, that was a completely different problem that i don't you know who knows if bethesda really knew or whatever but it was this problem of i remember megan sullivan coming back in one day and she was like the first person to ign who played enough to be like hey it's barely running anymore and we're all like what and like oh that's a weird isolated case and then it slowly started propagating between mm-hmm. like IGNers and the public of like wait the longer you play the ps3 version the worse performance gets and it was one of those things you wouldn't know unless you played whatever it was. I, I don't want to speak out of turn, but I want to say like 40, 50 hours or something like that. And it was the it was the idea of how it eventually the Bethesda statement. I'm I'm blowing off dust off a lot of memories. I'm sure I'm not getting this all right. But it was that it was every decision you made, every door you opened, the game was ra- not, rather than 
remembering that and saving it it was remembering it and keeping it active so like doors you would open from hours ago the game was still like i have to remember the fucking door is open from three areas ago and it was like totally fucking crushing the game and they had to go and mm. do a huge repair that took forever to do and that's what we're talking about here where it's in and, and that uh, you know is the 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 problem with how in my time we used to do multi-platform reviews at ign where it would be that I did it all the time. I would play something on PS3. I would, you know, play it all the way through, beat it, roll credits, be happy with it. And then I'd, I'd get the Xbox version and pop that in and play for 30 minutes, an hour. And like be looking for very specific things that I remember the other one doing that I didn't like or whatever. And they're like, all right, cool. Cause you didn't have time to play through the game again on a different platform. And nowadays I think it's much more, uh, crystallized and, and clear from reviewers, right? Of like, even without today being cyberpunk and we only have PC code and yada, yada, yada. I, see, I feel like when I read an IGN or a GameSpot review, I see, you know, this was reviewed on this and under these settings and, you know, they sent it to us for free. Like, it's more clear that there's this one review, but it's based on one thing rather than everything else. But that's the scary thing again about cyberpunk is like, yeah, like who knows what happens 50 hours into the PlayStation version. Like you, you know, yeah. hope everything goes fine and works normally, but maybe it doesn't. And maybe it's, you know, then it's the same thing of like, there's so many different factors, but like what, ha- you know, it's like the old, old thing when I had a maxed out PSN friends list and the amount of games that would just not work because nobody ever planned for that. And it was pulling data in the background that would kill Tetris from Ubisoft. They're like, what? Yeah. And I think that for me to, to, to the question that was asked, right. It's like, in terms of waiting for the next gen version, I would say just, Hey, wait for what the conversation ends up being for the, for the playstation 4 version because you could if 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 you do want to commit and get the game right right off the bat because you are excited for cyberpunk i i get that that uh inclination because like games are exciting and this game is an exciting game but there's a chance that you end up with skyrim on ps3 and like that's something that will get patched that's something that like you know if you're gonna get if you're gonna get it on ps4 and just to have it right like in february it could be better and so like what's what's the risk there um but at the same time, it's like, and also, actually, this is a good question. Is there a free upgrade to PS5 for Cyberpunk? I am ninety percent certain. Yes, I was because if that's if that's the case, also, then yeah, like that's going to be there too for you. Um, but at launch, it is, this game is not guaranteed to work at all on 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 PS4 in terms of the bugs and how rough it runs. And if I were you, if I was if I was anybody, I would wait for conversation and then maybe play it later if if it ends up being a hey this game is fucked right now like they're gonna patch it but right now it just doesn't work yeah i'm reading on ign's guide right here yeah how to upgrade cyberpunk 2077 from ps4 to ps5 when cyberpunk 2070 2077 launches on december 10th it will be released as playstation 4 and xbox one versions though they can be played on the ps5 and series x through backwards compatibility this page can develop the dump of that in order for you to be eligible for a free upgrade from the playstation 4 version of cyberpunk 2077 to the playstation 5 version you must purchase the base version on december 10th or onward even if you do not have a next gen console at the time you can upgrade it later so yeah it's free upgrade there you go yeah and i don't like say this stuff to scare people because it could end up things things could be okay but this is me just encouraging people to be savvy consumers in the way that you operate like definitely like do know that there are risks when it comes to to these things like in the way that this game is rolling out like it is uh, i i'm i'm so curious to see how this thing runs on ps4 and that's the thing about it too where i don't mean to be doom and gloom about it either i hope that we're being this is all hyperbole and there's a good reason yeah. whether it was the patch whether it was the codes whether it was whatever that that's the reason you don't have it but it's fucking weird and but again like i also think it's fucking weird that they weren't like hey how many pc codes do you want 
it was you get mm-hmm. we i can only speak for kind of funny we got one code that was it and that we were told that's policy it's, and i know that i think there's bigger sites got more but that makes sense of course i'm not arguing that part but again i look back at i the, i look back at anything that's launched this year and i think playstation 5 is the one where you could wiggle on it and be like oh well you know we only got the three playstation yeah. codes for miles morales well that was only because we could only get three playstation 5s from playstation for review right like they were willing to give us as many codes as possible once once everybody bought their ps5s i got codes from everybody to play everything and you i think you look back at this year of big stuff i mean i remember being that way uh, i was so impressed with how uh playstation handled ghost of tsushima right where it was literally like just rain codes and last of us i remember taking longer but i still think we got a bunch like it's like what it's what you mentioned earlier so not to be the dead horse but when you're confident about it you, you want everybody playing this Mm-hmm. You want people out there playing this game. And I, I would have thought if they were even confident about it, like if they would have said, hey, we have as many PC codes as you want, or hey, we have three P- P- PC codes, I would have played this game on PC with you. Like I would have mm-hmm. d- jumped in and played it there. But they were like, that's not how this works. We're only giving away one. And then it was more about the schedule of what whose weeks look like what. right? For and like how how early we got it to, like Blessing was saying earlier. Another like, thing, yeah, of course. Were there, there have been games like when I was working at IGN where we would get like, a month in advance uh, because of how big it was and like how confident uh, the uh, developer slash publisher was uh, for our review. So it was just like, yeah, Uh, again, like how they handled it, it does not exude confidence. Yeah, it is terrifying. Like legit, it is a, it is a weird situation to get the new story either early last week or late the week before where it was the developer being like, Hey, I'm 175 hours in and then getting a code a week before or like five days before embargo and it's like what the the way that you guys are handling this in terms of communication and how i'm supposed to perceive this game does not line up because now you're asking me basically you're asking us as like press to either crunch on a thing or like you're putting us in a situation we're just not going to have our review out by launch for a game that is massive and highly anticipated and all this stuff um but yeah no it's 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 weird for me, it got it gets alarming of like I wonder if it was not alarming, I guess, but in terms of all this, if if they didn't want you to have more time with it, not to go through and see every life path, not to see every side quest because the life paths aren't that different or the side quests are all samey and stuff. Is that a concern for you? I I'm in the good I'm in the good uh, position of having uh, getting to preview the game, and so like it's in terms of like life path stuff and how different different playthroughs might actually pan out. I'm not too concerned because even with just the life path stuff alone, I think that stuff is cool in terms of me demoing the game as Corpo and already then seeing like the intro stuff. That's only like the first 30 minutes to the hour, uh, 30 minutes to an hour of the game. And like, it feels not substantial off, uh, off the get go. Like it is, Hey, you get you get a you get a different intro, and that's about it. But then, as you start making your way through the story, it basically colors in how your story goes, and it, it isn't the most substantial thing to the game, but it does color your experience in terms of go for it. Dude writes into patreoncom games. This is how much does your beginning change how people speak to you? I do people talk down to you if you're a street kid. Like, yeah, well, this is uh, obviously there's three different life paths in the game. It sets you in a different setting. We talked a bit about this, but like to bring it home in a different way, like. Is it what you're talking about? How is there? Is it just coloring like how I felt? Choices in The Walking Dead colored the the page, but we still have the same coloring book page in the end. Yes, yeah, and that and that's basically it. Like I don't, I didn't really get the impression that me being a street kid dynamically changed 
uh, the outcomes of certain situations. It more so felt like a role playing tool in order for me to come into this world and be like ownership. I'm that I'm I'm that I'm that kid from the streets, and I know like I like I I know certain people. I'm talking. What did you say yesterday? Right, like like uh, I don't fuck with cops. Or something. Yeah, I don't, I don't I don't fuck with cops. I don't fuck with big corporations. And that was like yeah. how, that's how I played the game, where I would get into confrontations with people that were uh, these corporate dudes, and I'd be like. Yeah, no, I'm not siding with you or I'm not I'm not fucking with you because I am from the streets and I am a I'm a mercenary and that's how I roll. Whereas if I was a corpo in that situation, I'd be more likely to I think that character probably would have spoken to me in a specific way. And I probably sure. would have had the dialogue option of being a corpo and me like relating to the to that guy and being like, hey, I know I, I know where you're from. I know hey, your boss. The same. We're the yeah, same. Age. Like we're from the same world. And that would have affected how I would have played that choice. Um, And so like. You know, I think I think that stuff works out pretty well, and I enjoyed playing as a street kid. But to come back to your to your what you're saying as far as like, you know, is there a fear in terms of not having enough time in the game, actually leading to like the misconception that there is that actual uh, point to where it doesn't feel like it is expansive? And I think there is a a bit of that. Like, I, I rolling the credits on this game didn't make me feel like I had had my full experience. Like I feel, I still feel somewhat like I've barely scratched the surface of what's there in terms of content in Cyberpunk 2077. Mm-hmm. And on one hand, that is very exciting because that means that when I boot the game back up, whether that is on PlayStation to do a repeated playthrough or whether that is me jumping back into the open world on my save to go through and clear some open world stuff, uh, that means that there's still so much content waiting for me that I'm going to get to enjoy and have fun with. Uh, on the other hand, like, yeah, there is that thing of, I mentioned this on my review that I did like what I what I refer to as the basic basic bitch playthrough where uh, I just I was the gunner. I was the tech gunner. And so I put all my points into body and reflexes and some points into technical ability, which means that I am good with guns. I'm good with heavy guns, pistols, but I'm also good with tech, meaning that tech weapons is the is the way to go for how I'm going to play. And uh, it'd be nice if I had way more time to do another playthrough and do it as an entirely different setup to be like. So I can confirm that the game truly feels as flexible as it is presenting itself because it is presenting itself as very flexible in terms of that stuff. And that part of me is like, okay, well, hopefully that stuff pans out. Um, But yeah, another part of me is like, well, for me and how I reviewed this game, I reviewed it from my own personal experience. And so I'm not too, it's not like I, I didn't really give the proclamation of like, oh yeah, if you level up all the way in, in this specific stat, this is going to blow your mind because I just don't, I don't know, but I get that, I get that perception from it. Um, and we're going to, those conversations are going to continue to exist and evolve in the oh, yeah. weeks to come as more people get the game. And that is like a thing I'm very excited to see is if everybody is like, no, brawling in this game sucks. Like even if you level up your brawling skills, it still sucks. I get the, I, I get the, um, uh, the impression that, at the very beginning, right now where I'm at in my in my um uh my build, you know, I haven't I haven't put in the points to becoming a brawler or to becoming a uh like a, a katana wielding expert. And like that stuff isn't as fun for where I'm at. Maybe if I level it up, it will be. And again, that's the thing that we'll see in the coming weeks and days as people talk about it. Yeah, I'm excited. You know, uh, next week's games cast is going to be all of us. I think everybody who's played it, kind of funny. Hopefully, Paris and Lily uh, coming together to talk about what we've seen in our X amount of hours with it. And that's when I think it'll be really fascinating to see what the differences and talk about choices and be able to actually not have a spoiler ch- cast by any stretch of the imagination, but early choices and how you met characters and what it, you know what it is to be corpo in this situation versus what it is to be streak in this situation. I really can't wait for that. 
how do you because i know we talked about life paths last yeah. last week and you, you're going to be a corpo do you oh, have yeah. any idea of how you're going to spec out your character like do you uh have have an idea for play style like are you going to go run and gun or stealth i wanted i the idea of stealth and hacking seems to fit that world and like what i'd want from it but my problem is and this is very selfish i guess the watchdogs hacking i just did in legion didn't leave a bad taste in my mouth but like I didn't think evolved watchdogs hacking all that much. So I'm kind of like not, I don't know if I feel that. And so I, even reading, uh, I, you know, I wanted to bring it up here eventually. Uh, I think it was, I read a lot of reviews today. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Callie was over at GameSpot talking about her, her character being stealth and how that goes and how eventually you get forced into boss fights anyway. So it's kind of like, I have to fight you. Why mm -hmm. did I put points in a stealth? Yeah, I didn't even think about that. I still want to do that and have that be a pillar of it, but I think I might, and you tell me if I'm even wrong, because I, again, I've seen the, the Night City stuff and I've seen the E3 demos, but it's all 900 video games again ago for me. Like my think, I, my thought is do that, but then also invest in like a pistol tree or have like at least one gun that I jam and that I have ready to go when I actually need to. Does that make yeah. sense? Is that, is that a build I could do? And yeah, you can do you, you can pretty much do that build right because within uh, I think that would the pistol stuff would apply if you wanted to do like be be the pistol guy right like there is a tree within reflexes I believe that would be specific uh, in terms of upgrading your pistol ability and like you could do that and then put in points toward uh, stealth and then put in points toward uh, um, uh, hacking and have that be your base build and like yeah. that's very that's very plausible the Cali the Cali thing of having a stealth build and then being forced to boss fights is a thing that I didn't think about because I was, uh, because I had to run and gun build. And so boss fights, I was fucking them up. Like I had no problem with boss fights at all because I was equipped for that. But that reminds me of the same issue that Deus Ex had when I played Deus Ex Human Revolution, where that game somewhat similar in terms of choose how you want to play. You can go stealth, you can go hacking and all this stuff. But uh, the game, the game had a high, higher focus on stealth gameplay and, not necessarily being run and gun than it had on the other side of things and so whenever a, a boss fight would pop up in that game i remember being super frustrated because i never yeah. felt like i was well equipped for that and that seems like a i'm sure there's there might be some kind of work away around it but if cali i've not and i've not read cali's full review but if cali's experience isn't is that no they kind of sucked because of that then that's that that's definitely like one of those things where yeah the more people are going to talk about this game the more that stuff's going to elevate and we're going to see the places in which it fails in that way it's interesting because yeah that that does remind me and give off the vibe of mankind divided where i was primarily stealth and yeah th like that last that final boss fight in mankind divided uh was like oh yeah running gun and it's like honestly like one of the low points of the, the final the boss fight sucks it's so mankind bad divided. and it's like so i wonder like i'm i'm uh, somewhere like I don't really know where my investment level is going to be for Cyberpunk, but I imagine I might get lost in in it uh, in like the kind of random missions where I can like get really deep into like the stealth stuff like I did in Deus Ex, and then like maybe the like quote unquote important moments uh, like boss fights, big story moments like maybe just like won't hit as much for me. I'm still mm -hmm. very interested in like how this game is going to land for me personally. Let me give you. I had Callie's review open because I actually wanted to read from it to talk about side quests, but. This her thing about side quests, if you go far enough, uh, leads into what I was just talking about boss fights. So I'm going to read the first five paragraphs here and they'll go quick. Don't worry, everybody. And blessing, you've been talking nonstop, so don't worry about it. Again, this is Callie over at GameSpot. Early on in Cyberpunk 2077, there's a series of side quests that has you tracking down rogue taxis run by faulty AI. 
you have to talk to one of the ta- you have to talk one of the taxis down from suicide as it contemplates driving off a bridge while another needs you to, needs to be brute forced into behaving and a third is an obvious reference to a famous video game AI that manipulates you as you chase it down it's one of the best minor quest lines in the game an intriguingly and surprisingly human sub story that rewards you with lots of much needed cash it's also an excuse to send you uh, to every corner of night city a clever introduction to all the areas you haven't been yet i spent a lot of my time i spent a lot of my playtime following side quest threads like this uh one excited about the premise of hoping to find something as interesting or fun or rewarding at the end and in many cases i did but now, after finishing the main story, I can't see how most of these activities fit into the overall narrative or the character I was playing. The main story doesn't even gel with itself. Cyberpunk 2077 draws heavily from its source material, with everything from the world itself to life and death of Johnny Silverhand coming from its pen and paper inspiration. But unlike a tabletop RPG, you aren't role-playing you aren't playing a role of your own creation in Cyberpunk 2077. You're playing V, and this is V's, sto- V's story, not yours. I often felt like I was role-playing two different characters, one V for the side quests and one more limited V for the main story. That's mostly because the main story puts you on a clock. It's not literally on a timer, but it is very urgent in the way that RPG stories often are, and it has the same pitfalls as a result. It feels weird to do throwaway stuff when you have a serious, ever-present threat to attend to, and in V's case, it just doesn't make sense to, to, to dally. You have more freedom to play the character you really want during the side activities, but main story V has clearly defined priorities. I often couldn't find the character I'd been developing via side quest when I returned to the main plot. Not in how I'd been shaping her personality as she reacted to events, nor, oh, I'm sorry, not in how I'd been shaping her personality as she reacted to events, nor in the hacker I built as she was forced into more traditional boss fights. So I want to talk about the side quest stuff, but then piggybacking Mm -hmm. off of this, did you have that? Did that catch you, or did you play a different way that you didn't feel like you had two different Vs? Did your V feel unified between main and side? I I see exactly what she's saying, and I I agree with so much of what she said there. Um, there were points where I felt like there was kind of a disconnect, especially like with my rela- I, there was there's one specific like major character that I that you have a relationship with in in the game, and uh, the last side quest I did before going to complete my my uh the overall game i had this cool character moment with that character and i was like oh snap me and you just built like this cool thing and like we're we're like super close now and like you know it was this we're boys it was this very special uh moment between us and then i go into the final mission and basically i'm I'm making specific choices that then kind of piss that guy off and it's and it's like well we in, in my mind for my character for my v i was like we were just cool and now like you're we're not anymore and i feel like there is this kind of weird disconnect between what i just did in the side story here sure. and how that's not lining up with my uh my uh ending that i'm that i'm going with that i feel like for me makes sense uh for my v and part of that y- you can kind of lump in with the rpg experience of hey man that's just how relationships are you make one wrong decision and that can just mm-hmm. piss somebody off and that mm-hmm. can it, it do that but i did kind of feel the that thing of damn it's unfortunate because we were close <laughs> like that mm. that that I, f- I i feel like that didn't necessarily line up with what i wanted it to be that said i think what Callie's talking about in terms of the side quests feeling like they do a disservice no, not like they do a disservice but but um the side quests feeling like they're not feeding into the main quest in a cohesive way i kind of feel like that is the that is because it feels like it is the opposite opposite way around where 
I think the main quest does more to serve the side quests than the other way around. And so like there are moments where I do a side quest and I am going to uh I am attending like this this doesn't happen, but I'm gonna say a quinceanera. <laughs> I'm attending a quinceanera <laughs> for a character that I met during the main story as a side quest. And like it is this moment of being like, man, it's nice to see it's nice to see these characters come together and celebrate this character who I've had this relationship with in the main quest and seeing this come to fruition. Uh that's an example of like that thing being a being an event that sp- spun off, right? Or another another example of uh I met this this other mercenary from the the badlands who uh is this really cool cool character who uh knows how to get a job done and she's from this world that i'm not familiar with because she's from the badlands and i'm from the city and uh uh that was the main quest thing you know and she helped me on the main quest and now there's whole side quest chains that are dedicated to that character why i'm going off and building my relationship with her and, and doing all that stuff uh there are so many moments where you are jumping off from the main quest to go see that stuff happen that i understand mm-hmm. like it, it feels like the priority is just in a different place in terms of the purpose that the main story holds in the overall game like the side quests feel like they mean the side quests feel almost equal if not more important to your experience than the main quest so then let me bring in madeline's question and then add some of my own flair to it all right madeline wrote into patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says hey bleg bleg blessing and greg uh the thing i loved about witcher 3 above all else was the story and the pieces of lore that had me enthralled every side quest had a super interesting and world building story that had me hooked does cyberpunk's storytelling in world feel that way to you and so before you dive into that, because you just talked a little bit about main quest, side quest, mm-hmm. pulling from Callie's review and even Jeff Grubbs, right, where I, what, I, I, what I like about both of their reviews is they lead into things where you, I feel like there's going to be a but. Like, you know, this is yeah. really great, but and they're, you, they're and then, granted, different reviews and everything else. For me, there aren't. Like where Callie was talking about, like I spent, you know, I spent a lot of my playtime following side quest threads like this one, excited for the premise and hoping to find something is interesting. And I was waiting for the but I don't. And then she goes, in many cases, I did, right? Like, am I, is the way they're framing this, is it accurate to say that the main story is just another thread? The side quests are a thread. This is a thread. Like you're, it is about existing in this world and seeing all this through. Yes. I would say 100%. Like the main story is probably the, biggest thread but it is sure. just another thread in a in a game that is filled with multiple threads of quests to, to go on that said Callie is 100 right in terms of the urgency thing um i think yesterday i made like the the small comparison to breath of the wild in terms of when the game opens up and hits you with all this different shit to do it really does feel like it is inviting you to play play it in your own way and go about quests in whatever way you want to tackle them which mm-hmm. i think is really cool like there's a point where and I, this i don't think this is I'm going to say this is not spoilers because it has to do with structure and not plot or anything, but spoilers for cyberpunk or Zelda cyberpunk. Okay. Uh, but like there's a, there's a point where the game opens up and then you have like three different main quests that you can tackle in whatever order you want. Uh, and that's like kind of that, that kind of feeds back to my example of the way the game kind of encourages you to tackle it and how, and whatever way you feel is appropriate. Um, that said, I was, I was making my way towards something. And I, oh, the urgency, the urgency of the main quest does a disservice to that because it does feel like there is a timer that isn't literal like there's no point where we're sure, sure, like, sure. you have to do the main quest but for what the main quest is it feels so important to who v is as a character and 
what is going on in his life that it feels once you start doing side quests for me for for me as a player i'm like okay why would i be doing this when this thing is is so important and like that's one of those things where you kind of have that dissonance between it being a game and it being like hey do whatever you want and it being this role-playing experience of i'm v and i gotta take care of this shit otherwise shit is fucked are we th- and I, don't get me wrong i haven't played this game and i'm not carrying water for city project Red or cyberpunk mm-hmm. is it that we're just thinking about this in the wrong way because what you everything you're saying gets me so excited and for me sounds like yeah i'm going to plow through the main quest but i won't have the normal problem i have in an rpg where when i you know i try to do all the side quests i eventually and depending on what game it is like witcher all the side quest stuff broke me right because i tried to do it all and then i was like i just gotta go on to something else I feel like lots of times I'll beat a game and if I'm not going to platinum it, I've beaten it and sure I have side quests, but I start playing them and they are just like, oh, get my wallet or fight this guy or whatever. I'm like, why would I do this anymore? If if the main quest is just a bigger side quest and I see that all the way through and it's like, whoo, whoof, the, the Sword of Damocles isn't over my head anymore for whatever the MacGuffin was that was pushing me through for Golden Path. Now I just get to exist in Night City and go do all this other shit. If, if they're missions are as good as like Callie's making them out to be in terms of a Greg Miller thing of like, Oh, mm-hmm. fight these taxis. Is there something cool at the end of the rainbow? I think it's Jeff Grubb's review talks about like they take, it's like a big, it's like a box blockbuster. It takes you to all these cool different settings and all this, you see all these cool different visuals. There's always something cool at the end of these quest lines. For me, I don't care that I've already beaten the main path. If I'm still going through and doing cool shit, does that make sense? Or am I off base? Yeah, I think that makes sense. And that kind of comes back and, for me to kind of go and go more into it, I feel like could classify it to some people as spoilerish, and so I don't really want to. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the way in which the game kind of handles, like finishing it and finish the main quest and what that means for the implications of what's going on for you, you and your character in the world, doesn't necessarily lend uh, uh, lend itself to supporting that idea of cool. Once I finish the main quest, the like the world's still my oyster, oyster, and I still get to like exist and do all that stuff. Like it doesn't necessarily pan out that way in a way Got where. You. You still, you're the the world is your the world is your oyster from the get go, uh, or at least like at, at at the very least after that prologue where you start getting all the calls and all that stuff, right? Like your the world is immediately your oyster, and you can treat it that way. And I think for both the 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 um, critique that Callie is giving in terms of the timer stuff, right? In the grand scope, I think is a very like small thing and almost nitpicky, but I think it totally makes sense if you're looking at this game as a narrative experience that is going to be cohesive and is going to make sense in terms of how the the game and the story kind of marries itself um but it is also something that you can very much ignore and be and be like all right i get the main story is 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 uh uh, important and there's a timer and all this stuff but it's still a game i'm just gonna go and have fun and, and do and do my thing and and do all these side quests before i get back to finishing the main story so with that, I saw, just sorry, one question that like uh, this, uh, is well, this is of course this is a uh, Barrett Courtney sideway Barrett on Twitch here he's popping in on ones and twos. Yeah. Um, because after reading the reviews and stuff, and uh, the example that you brought up earlier of like having this like best friend moment with the side quest and then a decision you made afterward, it reminds me a lot of the robot uh detective dude from fallout 4 who i was like best buds with oh, yeah, as my yeah. companion the entire valentine game. valentine I love my him. homie valentine who made that too. game yeah. way more interesting than it should have been uh and we were best buds i i had him as my companion till the very end of the game and i was like checking in with him like what he thought about like the situations i was in and it seems like the 
right before I made this final decision in Fallout 4, he seems cool with it. He agreed with like where I was going to go with it. And then I did it. And then afterwards, he kind of gives me a lecture of like how I was a shitty person <clears throat> and that like interesting <laughs> di uh, disconnect. And there's just like something about how people are talking about this game uh, that reminds me of like how some people were talking about Fallout 4. Where, like Fallout 4, uh, I remember when it was coming out, uh, some people were saying, I was like, it felt like it was almost developed in a, in a silo, uh, whereas Witcher 3 came mm -hmm. out that year and, like, actually tried to push what RPGs uh, yeah. can do and, like, how they're designed and stuff like that. So is this, like, understanding, like, where I'm coming from here, is this yeah. CD Projekt Red's Fallout 4 in a way, where, like, they have been developing this for so long that they've been kind of m almost making it in a silo where they ha aren't really... Um, doing anything crazy new, mm -hmm. but just doing solid enough things to make an engaging enough game. It feels like, I'm going to say no. And that's because I think Fallout 4 very much feels like Bethesda went about it with the goal of, we're going to make Fallout 3 again, but we're going to make it uh, a PS4 game and we're going to put a new coat in a new setting and do all the things that Fallout 3 did great, but try and like, up-res it and give new assets and make it a current-gen game as, as opposed to a PS3 game, right? Like, that's... Fallout, Fallout 4 felt like an iteration uh, to the biggest extent, mm -hmm. whereas mm -hmm. Cyberpunk feels like they're they're going for it, and they are, they are trying to do things that I think are, on one hand, innovative, on another hand, just very impressive in terms of technology and in terms of uh, how well-realized this world is. Um, but I think in some cases, the the ambition that they set out for, I think hampers some of, like some some of the stuff just doesn't live up in terms of what people might be looking for out of a cyberpunk game or out of the story or out of like specific parts of the game. But then other parts I think do push things forward in terms of, uh, like we're talking about side quests, right, and how much people love The Witcher Three side quests. I think the side quests are awesome. I 100% agree with Callie. She was describing one of the one of the side quests, and the one that she was describing is also probably my favorite side quest in the game, where you are going through and 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 talking to these different rogue AIs and are trying to figure out like what is going on uh, with this whole system. And and that that side quest had such like fun person, fun personality, cool moments, uh, fun bits, and a conclusion that to me made me fall in love with this character that I didn't realize I could fall in love with, and like. That's the, that's that's the exact stuff that, you know, made people love Witcher Three, but and I think people have that expectation uh, uh, in Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, and the game is delivering on that. But at the same time, uh, in terms of overall structure and like these certain certain things about the writing and the setup and all this stuff, I could I, I could also understand why people would be like, all right, yeah, this doesn't live up. Like I know there was a lot of the word salad there, but. I know that answer your question. <laughs> no, I, I, I think it did just because uh, I was with, with it does, it the doesn't way feel people like have been to be writing around iterative. this game so far, and like I me mean, taking in all the reviews and stuff. Like I, I, I was kind of unsure of like where my expectations uh, should be. So like. I think it did answer it in just of like yeah. the the fall four thing. It was like, all right, cool. It's more it's more fallout. Like I'm 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 cool with that and, and improve thing, things thing, I wanted in that series. And so the thing I appreciated yeah. about Fallout Four was the fact that it was more Fallout in the fact that I liked the story and I liked the characters that I met and I was down with that. The thing I like about Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven is in some ways it does feel like it is trying something that is ambitious and is some and in some ways hits it 
but also in some ways like isn't the perfect game like it, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't uh you know like it one of the questions greg asked me the first question greg greg asked me was like is it game of the year and my answer immediately was no for me but it will be for other people mm-hmm. and i think that kind of just comes back to you know i i I I love how much it goes for it. And in some ways it goes for it in ways that are masterful, but in other ways, like, you know, it just isn't like, it isn't perfect. Like it isn't immaculate. Like it isn't Nothing's perfect. The, the best. It's not, and nothing, nothing is perfect. Right. Exactly. It's not the best things to slice, slice bread, but that's not to take away from it. Over on Ooh. Jeff Grubb's review, he wrote this paragraph, and this is one of the things that I was like, oh, fuck. Or the, I'm going to read you two paragraphs from it, but this is the thing where I was like, oh, fuck. What cyberpunk really is, however, is a big open-world action role-playing game. What it's not is a look at gaming's future. Instead, it feels like a summation of where we've come in gaming since the Xbox 360 generation. Oh, here's a giant ad that popped up. Uh, it feels like a game built by people looking around to see what works. Like Grand Theft Auto's open world, Watch Dogs hacking, Assassin's Creed quest-filled maps, Fallout's combat and character progression, Mass Effect's dialogue system, Batman Arkham Knight's crime scene investigation, and every game's skill trees. At the same time, Cyberpunk doesn't try much new. It feels big and expensive, and getting all these parts to fit together seems like an impossible challenge. But because of this, Cyberpunk 2077 is a glimpse at where we are and not what is next. I'm fine with that, but I love all those yeah. games. I love con- take all that together and put it into an expensive looking game. That's like a world that you want to run around and do. I'm totally down for that, but I understand what he's saying. And I understand what you're saying. Bless of like, it's, <clears throat> it's masterful. It's not your game of the year. It's going to be some people's game of the year. I think yeah. a, a, I asked you on the games cast, right? Is it game of the year? I have a different question from Bart, Bart Labeda. Was the game worth the wait? Outside of expectations, outside expectations are always hard to meet. But did you feel that this game upholds CD Projekt Red's position in the games industry? Oh, that question is going to differ from person to person. Me personally, I this is this is a fun question for me because I've talked about it before, right? Like I I liked Witcher Three, but Witcher Three wasn't necessarily I feel like a game made for me because I am not a big you bounced off of that beating it, right? Yeah, I bounced off yeah. of it. And, like I played 30 hours and I was like, that was a fun time, but I'm not I'm not interested in playing more because that world did, didn't feel like a world I wanted to live in any longer just because fa- fantasy isn't necessarily my 100% my jam. Sure. Um in that especially that version of fantasy where it is this high fantasy with fucking griffins and like Actually, there's some things in that game that I really liked. Um like there was like a <laughs> the whole bloody baron quest I thought was fa- fantastic. Sure. Um but yeah, that, that, that game didn't feel like it was appealing to my interests in a way where Cyberpunk coming out, for me, coming off of games like uh, Deus Ex, which I'll continue to, to reference because this is the easiest one because I feel like the game this game builds off of Deus Ex in so many different ways. Um, you know, does it, does it maintain CD Projekt Red's place in the industry as the developers of Witcher 3? <sighs> yes. Like for me, yeah. Like this is a game that I like more than Witcher Three, just because it more appeals to me in setting sure, and characters sure. and all this stuff. And I want to keep playing this game. I am hooked on this game. I think there's going to be a, a probably a large group of people that are going to say Witcher Three is way better than this game. And I think those people will probably be right. <laughs> like I think Witcher Three, as far as reception, you know, like there, thinking back, I think there's so many people. I don't even think like there were so many people that had so many glowing things to say about Witcher Three, and it felt like it was across the board in terms of everybody holding hands and being like, "This game is fantastic! Like this is the best RPG we've played in a long time. It's the best RPG of the of the year." And you know those people were right. Cyberpunk doesn't feel like that. Cyberpunk feels like 
people are going to take out of take from it what they're going to take from it but in terms of technologically what they're doing with it it does feel like a hey like yeah like this is of that same quality in terms of uh them going for it in terms of them taking all these different parts from all these different games uh putting them together and really building this substantial rpg experience in those ways it does feel like the cd project red you know um but in other ways i could see people being like no we need the next cd project red game might have to be a return to form but Again, like it's going to differ from person to person. Well, the biggest part about it is expectations, right? I think we mm. all talk. I've talked about it uh, for years now on podcasts, right? That Witcher 3 was CD Projekt Red's coming out party. And yes, of course, there's Witcher 1, there's Witcher 2, and they have a huge audience and a huge fan base and yada, yada, yada. However, Witcher 3 is the one that came to console, was on everybody's map, or it was on the map for everybody, right? It was coming to a PlayStation. It was all over the place. It was in a, a different league in terms of what that was. However... What you heard was the first two ones were cool and you could bang people in them. Okay, whatever. And then you got this game that was this third-person RPG that was doing so much right and so much different and so visually stunning and caught people off guard because they didn't necessarily know about The Witcher 1 and 2. Their expectations were super low. And so to get this, get into it, and see what it actually was, people are like, oh my god, this game is amazing. However, that then jacked up the expectations on Cyberpunk and jacked up the expectations on CD Projekt Red. And so that's the thing of this game that's been gestating for so long, has been talked about for so long, has won how many most anticipated games at uh, E3 consecutively because people can't wait for this game. But how can you possibly live up to that, let alone get here after so many delays, let alone get here and only put out PC code, let alone get here and only put out so few codes. It's impossible to figure that out. And I think, yeah, people are the discourse around it over the next month as people do get their hands on it and really delve into it is going to be interesting and going out and seeing those different perspectives on it is going to be so important because everyone is going to glean something different from it yeah it's a it's a tough question to answer especially right now you know having uh only a certain number of people having played the game um but i I, as months go and as more people get their hands on it and as there's a wider conversation i think it's going to be an easier thing to try and point out because again for me like i really enjoyed this game i think it's fantastic but i know that not everybody necessarily will and so we shall see on that one mark starvagi writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games just like you can it says hey blessing many reviewers have mentioned during both relatively glowing and scathing reviews of the game that cd project red does not seem as equipped to represent a diverse californian city as it does mythical poland How did you find the portrayal of gender, race, ethnicity, and the like? I'm coming in assuming the game is problematic, but I want to know what degree it will affect my enjoyment of the experience based on its uh, prevalence and magnitude. Thank you and love, as always. This is the conversation we had uh, just a little bit on KFGD uh, when me and Tim were going through reviews in terms of how different people are going to have different experiences with this game, uh, given that, one, it is a huge RPG where you can create your own character and do your own quest and do all that stuff. Uh, and then also on the on the other hand of people coming into this game with their own personal backgrounds and personal experiences and looking for different things, right? And so like a thing that uh, like a a, uh, a Latinx reviewer right might view and see and, and be like, I do not like this depiction of of, of uh, Latinx folks in this game. You know, that's not something that I'm necessarily as equipped for in that conversation sure. as somebody from that community or somebody who is uh, trans, right? What they might take away. What I'll say is, I think I. I saw some I saw both pros and cons with some of the, the the diversity in this game like in terms of 
having characters who are diverse and uh, as part of the main story, I found that I was pretty impressed by how many of the main characters seem to be of different backgrounds in terms of uh, sexuality, uh, race, body size, all this different stuff. Like it feels like they do a pretty good job of having the main cast and a lot of the side characters that you come across being, being, being diverse in many ways. On the other hand, uh, there are certain points of the game where there are depictions of certain people groups that I felt could have been done better. And mm. it is this weird give and pull of it being cyberpunk and it trying to be this, the, uh, uh, the probably the biggest video game depiction of what this genre is. And probably try, it's tr probably also trying to be the, its most true to form. It feels like in its effort to be this high concept, high style, big attitude, edgy game, it lets that stuff down a little bit where you are meeting certain gangs and it is like, all right, like, do we really need to depict the, uh, this people group this way or do we really need to? Um, I know I saw a lot, of, a lot of folks talking about the the sexualization of trans folks in this game, and I didn't necessarily have the the I didn't necessarily dive into that stuff as much in my playthrough. Uh, either like there's side quests that are dedicated to that stuff that I you didn't get really, to. You should really just uh, now that we're bringing this up, you also really read Polygon's uh, review of the game because uh, it brings up a lot of great points. Um, yeah, about the yeah. If you, uh, I haven't pulled up if you, yeah. if you didn't know, it's Carolyn Pettit over at Polygon yeah. wrote it. Uh, she's a trans woman, and so I think this is exactly what you were talking about at the top of it, right? Bless is that everybody brings in their own lens, and again, this is one of my and I. I want you. To, I mean, I'm piggybacking mm -hmm. on what you're saying, but this is one of my concerns with how shallow the pool of reviewers were for this of like yeah what are you worried about why wouldn't you give more codes to more people to have it out and that's why i think it's so great that polygon gave it to carolyn who could go in there and have that lens on it in a way that i don't think necessarily maybe it would stand out to you i you know would it stand out to me we're not in those groups we don't know and i think you know as, as much as i've talked about it in 2020 especially but like the privilege of being a white 30 something year old male who just gets to play games and run through it and you know what i mean cis white male uh like you don't think about that or see see that i see it and i move on and i get hung up on something else that speaks to me and my experience whereas this is so important of like yeah what's going on with it yeah exactly and like there there are multiple points in the game where i was like this feels like a cartoonish kind of portrayal of uh either japanese people because there there's like a lot of uh 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 characters that are either japanese or japanese american and like some of that stuff leans in real hard in a way where there's certain there are certain scenes where i was like all right did y'all really need to need to do that like does this character really need to eat um uh or go like go to a certain like food stand right in order uh like a, a jap like a japanese dish and then eat it and be like this sucks right and like in their japanese accent and have it be this whole thing that hey Hey, by the way, this character is is Japanese. Like there are those points where I was like, that feels unneeded. Uh, and I and I I I get that. I feel like a lot of people's response to this stuff is going to be, it's cyberpunk. It's supposed to be like this melding of cultures and all this different stuff. But my response to that would be, it's also 2020. And what does cyberpunk look like in 2020? Right? Like what what in what ways do we evolve a genre and make it more? reflective reflective of where we're at now in order to portray a future that is more compelling and i feel like in some points they missed the mark in that um but again like uh that it's, it's a it's, that's a that, that's a whole deep rabbit hole that like i feel like again everybody's gonna have their own their own 
takes on and i would definitely refer people to check out carolyn pettit's review and like there's also a big polygon article that is that details uh the marketing lead up to this game yeah uh, the edgelord stuff yeah yeah yeah, that i think is very unfortunate and i think very unfortunate for this game because i've said before that this game feels like it is trying very hard to be edgy and at at some points that feels off and it feels like it doesn't work and it feels corny at some points but i feel like in other ways like when you dive into the narrative of this game there are so many good moments and so many good good uh 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 moments where the writing shines in different characters and different uh story bits that it feels unnecessary it's like y'all have quality here and if you guys put the bullshit aside the quality mm-hmm. can just mm-hmm. shine but for some reason like it does I, I joke about the dildos right because i think the dildos are both hilarious and kind of a big um uh like symbol i can point to of like what are y'all doing in this game? <laughs> Why? Because when I got when I got to like one of the ending fight scenes and I'm fighting like these corporate agents and I kill them and like a dildo falls out, it's like, okay, why is this here? Why am I finding dildos in every other building I'm in? And again, funny. You know, I'm not taking away from the comedy of it, but on the other hand, it's like, are you trying too hard? Right? Yeah. Like, are you trying to be Saints Row, where Saints Row has the big dildo bat, oh, sure. and it works because that game is goofy? And you wonder if that's the thing, if it's the case of that and them trying to mix in GTA, because GTA is equal parts. Uh, well, I mean, it's a huge, massive, amazing game all the time, right? In a technical achievement, but it is always that thing where it's satire and it's trying to make a point. And I think some of the reviews you, I've seen about Cyberpunk are. Yeah, this is all cool and you're doing this, thing, but what's the point? What's the message? Is there a message? It's okay if there's not a message, but you guys made it seem like there was a message. And then is this the message? And what is it all? Like, how does that all net out? And like, are you just doing these things for weird sake? That's where I want to get into. We're going to have a double question. Fats Beardo writes ahead, right, was the first to write in, I think, and goes, I'll go ahead and ask the important question. I've heard about the Dawn customization. Is this actually a thing in the game? You've already covered in your review on Gamescast that, yeah, you can totally choose the dick yeah, size multiple, uh, dick option so yeah it's dick size you can have small medium or large and then you can, they're like type one type two dick which is basically circumcised uncircumcised and then you can also like just change to a vagina oliver writes in i think with the question off of fat's more joking one does this game does the in-game penis size penis size have any effect on the game experience like am i seeing i know there's sex in this game i know there's nudity in this game am i seeing penetration for if if you have a dick is v fucking people we're seeing is it a comment is are there scenes in a shower that i need to know like what is the point of this there's not really a point it's just there to be there like i like i in the sex scenes that i've seen in the game and that involve v there i I don't even remember i don't remember seeing his dick like i don't recall seeing his dick at all and this i think speaks to exactly what you're talking about and what the polygon article is talking about right it sucks that cyberpunk 2077's edgelord marketing works so well yeah and it's like it it, it, it sucks because it, they didn't need that right and even the yeah, part where the yeah. game goes for that edgelordy type stuff i feel like they handle it in a way that sometimes it's like okay you guys pulled this off because with how stylish and how much effort y'all put into making this world feel full and alive like i believe some of this stuff but on other hands it's like all right did we really need this because it's not gta like it's not satire it is yeah. this world that they want you to feel invested in and they want to uh to make it feel like this living breathing thing and they want they're you're going through a main story that is more serious than not versus grant of Auto, where you have trevor and you have 
you know, Michael and Franklin, who are more serious than Trevor, but still have these moments of levity. And you have the radio stations that are doing like this, like these fun uh, uh, bits in Grand Theft Auto, right? That's yeah. not really what Cyberpunk is. It is a, it is, uh, I'm not gonna say it's a serious game, but it's definitely not the level of satire and comedy that they're trying to go for in GTA. And so that stuff doesn't fit as well. Well, there's more to talk about with Cyberpunk, but before we do that, let me remind you, you can go to patreon.com slash games, just like the people watching live are, like Bangarang3000. Of course, over there, you can get it with the post show. You can get on the show, and you can get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, Greg Way, let's hear from our sponsors. The Legend of Bumbo, the prequel to The Binding of Isaac, is available now on Android devices. The cardboard Bumbo the Brave fights all things grotesque in this distinctive spin on a match for puzzle game, co-created by Edmund McMillan, who you probably know as the guy behind Binding of Isaac and Super Meat Boy, has partnered with artist slash programmer James Interactive to bring you the legend of Bumbo. You get to play as one of many Bumbos, each with its own unique abilities as they smash, bash, and splash their way through a variety of cardboard monstrosities, giant bosses, and dark personal urges. There's some amazing music in this game by Ridiculon. If you haven't heard this, it's dope. The puzzle-based deck-building roguelike prequel to The Binding of Isaac features a cardboard coin-hoarding character, Bumbo the Brave. When Bumbo's only coin is stolen by a mysterious entity and pulled down into the sewer, Bumbo finds himself facing droves of deranged enemies, lost children, his fears, and eventually the beast that stole his beloved coin. It's, you know, it's a lot. The match four puzzle system is presented with an overarching theme of greed and a bit of toilet humor. Uh, there's lots of unlockables and a lot of poop jokes, which, you know what? None of us are above. We might want to pretend we are, but I know from personal experience, we are not. Mm-mm. Legend of Bumbo, available now on Google Play for $14.99 and Play Pass holders get it for free. Thanks, Tim. Our next sponsor is Gabby. You know you're probably overpaying on car and home insurance. Sure, you'd love to save money, but is spending hours of your own shopping for a lower rate to maybe save a few bucks worth it? Probably not. Do what Tim did and use Gabby. Gabby does all the work for you in just a few minutes. And get this, Gabby customers save $961 per year on average. Gabby takes the pain out of shopping for insurance by giving you an apples-to-apples comparison of your current coverage with 40 of the top insurance providers like Progressive, Nationwide, and Travelers. You just link your current insurance amount, and in just minutes, you'll be able to see the quotes for the exact same coverage you currently have. That's what Tim did, and it turned out Tim already has a great deal on insurance, so he didn't need it. But that's what Gabby's all about. It doesn't mind. Like I mentioned earlier, Gabby customers save $961 per year on average. I bet that'd be nice to have in your pocket. If they can't find you savings like they did for a whole bunch of other people, but not Tim, uh, they'll let you know uh, so you can relax without ever having to worry if you have the best rate out there. And they'll never sell your info, so no annoying spam or robocalls. You're probably overpaying on car and home insurance. See how much Gabby can save you. It's totally free to check out, and there's no obligation. Go to Gabby.com slash PS. That's G-A-B-I dot com slash PS. Gabby.com slash PS. All right, bless. Your next question comes. I like, yeah, let's go here. Billy Laporta has a question, and I think this is interesting. It's piggybacking off the side quest, main quest thing we've been going back and forth with. I'm hearing a lot of shadiness happening with the review codes in terms of how long we had them and all that stuff. Do you think your impressions would be different if you had more time with the game? How would you have played this? Because that's the big question we've already talked about a bit with me, right? Of like, if the main quest is just a bigger side quest, do I want to power through that or do I want to keep going? Like, 
did you you say you know you saw the clock you understood a little bit that you were close do you wish you could have just played side quest would you have just played side quest what would you have done with your log the way I, I probably would have played this game in a different way if i wasn't on a timer um and like part of, so part of why i went run and gun was because i uh wanted to make sure i was making good time in the game and i want to make sure i wasn't like you know failing over and over again and stuck on a certain part uh especially having to read in the article where the dude was like oh yeah i'm doing a stealth playthrough 175 hours all that stuff i was like okay i don't let me not do that route <laughs> um i would have i would have done more side quests i would have lived in the world more i would have i would have done actual more role playing in the world if i had more time with the game that said having finished the game i don't feel like i got super shortchanged on the experience like I still feel like I had a full experience having played the 30 hours and beating the game at 28 hours. Like it didn't feel like a, oh, you fucked up kind of thing. Um, because I I had a good time just do, doing the main quest and doing the side quest that I wanted to do. Um, but in, 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 in an ideal world, I would have maybe gotten around to doing the final quest, maybe like 40, 50 hours in instead. Sure, sure when you come back on playstation are you gonna platinum it that's a question jacob has he says for both of us and i know we looked a little bit over the the list is up on power picks we looked at it uh yesterday on the review or maybe the post show for the review like knowing what you know and looking at that list are you gonna platinum this i don't think so no because it is a lot of completion stuff and the i didn't necessarily love doing all the side side activities in the game like there are gigs and stuff which can be fun um and like those are basically like a uh hey somebody's hitting you up just just to get a certain job done for them um and they're like random like uh uh crimes that'll happen in the world that you can help deal with and yeah. like that stuff doesn't necessarily speak to how i want to play the game like i'm i'm in this game mainly for the the story quests and for uh uh Actually, no, that's pretty much it. I'm in it for the quest. I'm in it for the side quest. Like that, that's about it, right? I don't really want to get so gigs into aren't all the... story related. And they're not no. even side quest related. It's very, it's very nuts and bolts, just go do this over and over again kind of shit. Yeah, like hey, like I need you to take care of this certain job for me, which will be like a go over here and solve whatever issue is happening, or go over here and murder this person for me. Like that type of shit. Sure. Okay. Like you're a mercenary. Okay. Uh, let's get into some nuts and bolts stuff that I haven't seen covered. All right. Justin no. B writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says, can you respec your skills at any time? Also, how was the power scaling for the main quest line? Did you feel under leveled since you didn't do too many side quests? I shockingly never felt under leveled in the main nice. story. And that, that is even mostly uh, uh, mainlining it. I was shocked by how, how it never felt at any point like I needed to go do side quest side quest to grind in order to get back and do the main quest. And I think that is awesome. Uh, uh, side quests, there are points where you will feel underleveled if you are doing a side quest that is overleveled level for you. And they mark it as a danger level of low, medium, high, very high. Okay, okay. And so there are times early in the game where I would try out like, okay, this quest seems like a quest I could do, even though it says very high, but I'm gonna try it anyway. And I got fucked up. <laughs> and so like <laughs> that stuff will require you to grind or get better or, like come back later uh, main story no that never felt like a um a hindrance and then in terms of respecking i didn't get the impression that you could respect your character okay. um but maybe i i could be completely wrong maybe if you go to a ripper dock or if you go to some location it'll then allow you to respect but uh i didn't 
I, I I tried to look into that option a little bit in my menus, and I did not see anything available for that. But they do they they this game touts its fluid class system, which basically means that at the beginning of the game you get a certain amount of points you can spec out, which aren't a lot. Like you can I I think I, I like actually I took a screenshot of how I spec out my character toward the beginning of the game. Now that I think about it, because I knew I would want to reference it. Fucking posted, break the embargo. I'm gonna break all types of embargo. So yeah, at the beginning of the game. <laughs> I, you know, I chose Street Kid. Uh, and then my attributes, I expect uh, five body, three intelligence. And to be clear, everything starts off at three. And so I had five body, three intelligence, five reflexes, six technical ability, and three cool. Uh, and then towards the course, uh, over the course of my game, I pretty much doubled down. Damn, I like pretty much stuck to my path because I, I, I went higher for body reflexes and technical ability, but I ended up having, I think, the why highest. Is, why the don't highest you slack this reflexes. to me, big boy? Let me look at it. I just want to look at oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll send that to you. I signed the NDA for the company, so like I can see your shit. You know what I mean? We can't share it. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna drop that right there. Yeah, but like at any point, right? Thing. Like you could you could make it you can change your decisions early on in the game and be like, fuck it. I'm just gonna go um uh uh cool, right? Like I'm I'm I have I've started off technical. But I realized that cool is getting me these things like stealth that I want to do better. And I'm going to go that direction. Dude, your guy looks cool. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah, I, re- I really I really like the the uh, end result of my my character. Right. I had like fucking cool. Like I basically had like uh, the, these dreadlocks that like stick out and uh, uh, it's colored like red on top. And then it fades into blue as it goes down. Really dope. And red eyes and tattoos. Hell yeah. That was cool. Hell yeah. I like what you're doing over there. Okay. Um, here's another one I haven't seen uh, talked about. Andy Gagnon83 writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games, just like you can, and says, what kind of mini games are in this game? Is there anything close to Gwent? I didn't come across any Gwent-like game. I didn't do many mini games, now yeah. that I think about it. There was, there was certain, there was a one, there was one side quest that I did that uh, uh, started like this, this series of street races that I enjoyed, especially because it was with a character that I really liked, and that was a good time. Um, and I, th- I'm trying to think of anything else I did in that vein. Is the street races? Yeah, I can't really think of anything that was Gwent like. Though I wouldn't be surprised if there's something there that I just like didn't come across in my playthrough that will take you that that would take you across that same sort of Gwent like mini game. Um, yeah. But for me, that was the street races. I really enjoyed the street races. Okay. Okay. Uh, Alex Sierra writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games, just like you can and asks if there, are there any accessibility options? And if so, how many are there? Ooh, that is a good question. I didn't come across an accessibility menu, but I, I didn't really dig deep. Yeah. Into you menus. weren't looking for it. Yeah. Yeah. I might be able to like, see if I can boot up the game and, and find it. If you can do it, not crash the episode. That'd be fine. Yeah. I'm going to try to do that. And not like fuck everything. What's the over under on gonna... crashing the episode? I, he's already getting choppy talking. You can hear in his voice. It's falling it's, apart. It's <laughs> gonna require me doing some like double screen. Here comes the CPU. Here it comes. And also, wow. I'm also gonna I'm gonna hear music, and so that's gonna throw me off. And so that's a fair yeah. warning that that's understandable. You're doing, you're doing God's work for Alex Sierra right here. Don't worry about it. I'm gonna try and also not break any embargoes. <laughs> It seems like only if you showed video, right? Yeah, just don't accidentally that, yeah. share your uh, screen, Just accidentally yeah. like, oh, it turns out this is open. I'm, I have OBS open. Everybody watching live on YouTube, first off, this is what you pay for. You pay for the access that this could go wrong <laughs> at any point and you uh, could see an embargo. But if you, you do break the embargo, audio. Cool. Everybody you don't cool. hear Everybody. audio, right? 
No, I don't hear anything. Okay, cool. I hear everything. No. I, hear, I can hear all 80, 30 hours of what you've played. Do, all right. Do, 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 I'm in the title do, screen do, now. It's going to take do, a second. Do, 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 since they don't do, have that do, SSD do, drive. Do. I can ask another question if you want while you, while you, you load. Uh, go for is, it. Is, 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 <laughs> nuts and bolts though, right? Uh, Kuchoko says, did you use photo mode to take a picture of your cyberpunk? I didn't, and that's because you I didn't realize power. I didn't know how to get into photo mode until after I beat the game, and by then I was like, ah, oh, fucking, no. who, who cares? Uh, that photo mode looks dope. I mean, I can also try that out. Now no, no, I've seen the video. The video's out. You can go watch it. The oh, there's a video. Okay, yeah. there you go. What do you, what do you want? All right, I'm loading in. Roger in the chat says, "Everyone, zoom into Blessing's glasses for fun." No, don't. <laughs> <laughs> My my one hope as we go a little bit into this uh, about like, man, I hope the console version isn't complete trash. If you remember, the console version has leaked. Like people have been getting it early and talking about it and seeing it. And I've, I never saw anybody be like, this is unplayable. Granted, I saw mainly the, I got it early from Best Buy. I'm going to pop it in. But I haven't seen people be like, I'm broken. This is horrible. So that's my so hope. Not, that we don't okay. So but again, they there's colorblind that, you know, they there's colorblind modes. Better. Not only it's better. Uh, no, I, by no means do I think it's going to be better than PC. Mm-hmm. I just don't want it to be an abomination. Yeah. That's that's my standard. I don't, better, not even worried about it. I just want it to be fine. I don't know. I think they sent us the best available version. I agree with you. I'm not. Yeah. Ar- you're, you're arguing something I'm not arguing. Okay. I swear, All Barrett. Right. I'm, hands up. Don't shoot. Like Greg, that's totally stop not what it's arguing actually, that's with the me. Thing, isn't it? Hold on. I didn't mean that. That's actually a, a, a phrase now. Sorry. But I'm saying like, no, like that's not what I'm saying. Stop arguing with me. <laughs> so, so far I found a colorblind mode. Okay. Which is nice. I'm not finding much for accessibility. I'm going to be honest. It, it does not, not look good for accessibility. Good, mm-hmm. uh, okay, here. Controls. I mean, you can invert. <laughs> there you go. Well, I mean, that, you know, yeah, scientists are studying how to get around that, but we'll see what happens. Oh, here we go. You can increase text size, which is nice. Okay. And you can have uh, background opacity on, on subtitles. Uh, okay. yeah it doesn't seem it there's not like an accessibility menu there's, there's not, not like an accessibility menu you know. and even like the options i'm finding within certain menu options don't seem too extensive but you can fuck with subtitles and there's a colorblind mode and it seems it seems like it doesn't go much deeper than that okay chris writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says how does the size of the open world compare to that of bethesda rpgs in terms of both size and density it is smaller in size way more dense it is a very dense open world which i think makes up a lot for for size because like it's not the size isn't small like it's still it feels like an open world it feels extensive i was i'm very i i very much like this the size of the world uh but density i think is where it truly shines where in the same way that you go through a, say, a GTA Five, Los Santos, and you're going through, and you know there's activity happening, uh, uh, pedestrians on the street, cars, all all that stuff. That same level of, oh yeah, there's a lot going on is here, but with then like you put in the RPG uh, systems that are at hand, and it's like, oh mm-hmm. wow, okay, this truly feels like a I can talk to people and get quests and. Uh, uh, like really live and like do like do shit with the the density that's here, right? That's outside of just look at pedestrians or shoot them. If you're playing GTA Five, like sure, of course, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Shoot the pedestrians, right? <laughs> you got to. run them over, get them out of the way. Just every now and then. 
Um, I got three more for you, all right? Mm. Tommy Goodall writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games just like you can. It says, how much variety is there in the weapons? Is it something where different people will use certain weapons based on their tastes, or are there a definitive best weapons that pretty much everyone will use? There is there is very good variety in the weapons. Like you can you can uh, uh, collect legendary and iconic weapons throughout the course of the game, oh, which are that. like these cool yeah these like special weapons that you earn by completing certain missions. You had and, mentioned it was kind of like Borderlands a little bit with guns, but I didn't realize it was like that. Type. There was classes to them. Or, or yeah, no, yeah, they are. Cla- they are, like they're. I, I think it goes like uncommon, common, rare, uh, legendary, iconic. I'm sure that I'm missing something in there, but it goes it goes by those uh, 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 class systems in terms of. Uh, item rarity and i was very satisfied with how weapons are um there are three classes of weapons being smart weapons tech weapons and power weapons and i'm sure like i i I think people are gonna gonna vary in terms of what their play style is because i said i've said before right that i upgraded my technical ability uh for my character which meant that when it came down to tech weapons that i I would have like more options there like i would i I would i'd be better with that stuff when it comes to gunslinging um whereas i'm sure if you wanted to to put put in all your points into the annihilation tree you Mm -hmm. then can become like a heavy weapons expert and go with that really it comes down to how you want to play um but i I don't think there's going to be like a hey if you're not playing with smart pistols you're fucking up yeah yeah yeah, i don't think there's any sort anything sort of uh, uh sort of like that and so Take without what you will. Okay. Ben Murray writes in, says, we know some best friends, parentheses, Alana, for example, were in the game. How many characters did you come across in your playthrough that you were able to recognize by model or voice? Like one, and I, I would say it, but like it's like a, it's like Boiler. a cool Easter egg. Yeah. Very smart. Don't do uh, it's all that people come across that. Um, there was like another character where I was like, is this this particular person? But I could, I, I, I couldn't make it out. It felt such like a random kind of character kind of thing to be a person we recognize. Uh, and so I'm not even going to say it because I don't want to get it wrong. Um, sure, fair but enough. yeah, I didn't have many of those. I didn't have many of those moments where I was like, oh shit, it's fucking Troy Baker or like Greg Miller's in this game. I didn't have that. I didn't realize. I mean, I knew the Alana announcement, obviously, that she was in the game. And then today somebody put up something. I think it was actually a negative they were trying to play, but it was a list of like influencers that were in it. I was like, oh man, I know a bunch really? of these people. And I didn't realize they were in this game or whatever. And so like, I'm interested to see if I'd run into I wonder, them at all. Can you send me that list? Because if I see the name I'm thinking of, oh, I'll be able on. to point it out. And to, to kind of piggyback off of this, of like uh, things in the game, um, how how's that soundtrack though bless the score i think is awesome uh, i really like when the battle music kicks in because it gets into like some cool like edm-ish type stuff mm. how's, uh, the, how's the music. radio when you're driving around in the car i, 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 I feel like this is gonna be a, the my hot take oh it's fine damn like i listen usually in video games i listen to the hip-hop station and yeah. i couldn't help but to be like this hip-hop station was curated by somebody who just listened to run the jewels granted i think uh, like i i'm pretty sure run the jewels is in the game yeah they, in, they like, i think they, they like, advertised wrote a that song specifically for the game yeah or like that but a lot of it was in the game a lot of it is like obviously it's, it's cyberpunk and yeah. i think what they're doing with with some of the music is like hey we're going for a specific this is the vibe of night city and so night city likes this specific type of hip-hop that is like hard-hitting and like big lyricism but also like big beats and like they're writing the beats in a certain way and like i'm listening to it and i'm like this is whatever man like give me a soul sample give me some chicago rap i don't know this this ain't my jam um but like the score itself i think is really good i'm trying to find it for you 
but it's just like a needle in a haystack stack of this because I don't think it was somebody I followed. I think it was like I saw it. Mm. And now it's just I'll gone. also say to the benefit of the radio music, it, I did notice a lot of original songs that I thought were cool. Like there's certain songs where it is like songs that are singing about Night City, right? And it's like it, it felt almost like you would listen to Empire State of Mind by Jay-Z and it's a song about New York. Mm-hmm. It kind of felt like that a little bit for Night City, which I think is a really cool, cool thing. Yeah. Yeah. Final question, Blessing, comes Go from Joseph Barker. Mr. Barker writes in and says, is there anything in the game that surprised you? I was, or I'll give I'll give a couple. I was a bit surprised by how much it didn't feel like I really had like big choices in terms of dialogue in oh. the main story. I was expecting way more of that for a game that feels like it is going for and being an RPG ass RPG. Uh, and so I was a little bit surprised by how much of that wasn't there. Uh, and it feels like it's trying to be an RPG. It's, it's going for the RPG ness in other ways that I respect, but I would have liked for a little bit more of uh, in dialogue. That said, um, another thing that surprised me was the ending and how conflicted I, I feel about it, but also how like my my feelings have changed over like just the last couple of days having finished the game. Okay, like I okay. went from being like a man, how, like what a fucking like bad and like fucking downer of an ending to now being like, like sleeping on it and thinking on it and being like, man, maybe that was like way more touching than I gave it credit for. Like, <laughs> but the ending moved me in a way that I, I don't, I didn't, I didn't expect. Like it, it kind of went for it. And I know there, there, there are probably like a number of different ways that your story can end depending on like the choices you make and what, who your V is. But for mine, I was like, the choices they gave me and the final choice I ended up making was a choice where I was like, I truly felt like, all right, my V would probably say this specific thing. And I was at peace with my choice. And it was somewhat of a downer of an ending for the specific ending I got. And I was kind of like, at first I was like, damn, what the fuck? But then, I, but, but sleeping on it, I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm at peace with it. I'm cool with it, which was not a feeling I was expecting to have. Oh man, fuck! I can't wait to play this game. Win, lose, or draw. What are, I mean, where where are your expectations at now? Having seen reviews and I've been talking. My to expectations, about it for hours. I think. I mean, my expectations, I hope, are set correctly. Of I'm. It sounds like it's a great open world RPG. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it's revolutionary. I think that's where people seem to be having a a, a, a breakdown with it. Or, disconnect, uh, yeah, yeah, it disconnect. Thank you. Of uh, just like I didn't. I never expected it to be the end all be all it sounds awesome so far from everything you know I, that's what i told jeff grubb when i i tweeted his review and said you know i don't think a three out of five reviews ever gotten me so hyped for a game because jeff has a, jeff making makes a great review of like here's what i expected from it based on how they've sold it here's what i got this falls short of that but i can see why people are gonna have a great time with it and he writes a review that sounds yeah 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 i want this i want to play all this i want to go do this and even talking to you i like the idea that the main quest is just a more glorified side quest. Like the, it is about existing in this world and going off and, you know, making relationships with people. And, you know, they make a phone call to you and you like them and you see, so you go help them kind of thing. I can't wait. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited to talk more next week. Next week, ladies and gentlemen, of course, there'll be another PS. I love you. Of course, the final one of the week, but more importantly, there will be a kind of funny games cast. That's a whole bunch of us coming together to talk about what we've done in cyberpunk so far. Blessing. Greg, the show's still not over and we got a post show to do. But before we get out of here, what do you got for me? 
I got a few PlayStation updates, uh, starting with Neil Druckmann. He's now the co-president over at Naughty Dog. Uh, of course, he served as the vice president of Naughty Dog for almost three years. Allison Mori and Christian Geerling are the new vice presidents of, of uh, Naughty Dog. Uh, Mori was the director of operations, and Geerling was the co-director of programming. And if you're wondering, what does this mean for Neil Druckmann? Is he still going to be involved heavily in the creative portions of the game? He tweeted out when this news came out, uh, and he said, quote, Oh, and I'll still be directing and writing while helping to mentor the next wave of creators. Exciting Yay. stuff. Good for awesome. you, Neil. Congratulations. Good for you. Congratulations. Uh, number two, Kratos is in Fortnite Chapter 2 Season 5. Uh, this comes from the PlayStation blog where they write, Among the first figures to arrive beyond the loop is Kratos. As Kratos, you may have taken down Valkyries of ages past, but now it's time to fight a battle that will shape the future on the island. Join the hunt to make sure no one escapes the loop. Uh, and I know, Greg, you've been very hyped about this Kratos business. I've been using Kratos in Fortnite. That's my um, skin, man. That's my skin now. What do you? Are there going to be more PlayStation characters in Fortnite? Do you think? Are, are we, do we? Should we expect Nathan Drake? Not soon, but by the end of Fortnite's uh, run, of course. Yeah, you'll have Drake by then, I think for sure. I think now it's uh, all eyes on Chief, right? Is that going to be uh, Thursday Game Awards? Are they going to do that before then? Do you expect anything? PlayStation centric at Game Awards? Like, do you think there's a possibility of a second character, or do you think it is going to be? Just a, just an an announcement of like multiple different characters from different universes and IPs coming in. I think it'll be if anything. I I my my money. You know, Donald Mustard. I've talked about this before. Said that like you know this is going to be the season that changes uh, Fortnite or whatever, and uh, that he would have stuff at Game Awards. I think that the fact that Kratos came out on his own just out of the blue means that you would put Chief out before then, and then maybe yeah you get out and announce the big things because you know there's been so many different. Uh, looks and uh, people digging the back end to find different things that they're extrapolating could mean terminator could be the one of the hunters from jurassic park could be a million different things it's gonna be fascinating to see what it is i think if you could do a trailer that showed multiple of those it would hit in a way that just chief wouldn't and why would you spotlight chief when you didn't spotlight kratos unless it was that kratos gets another trailer where he meets chief and that's the moment Mm mm-hmm very excited for game awards to see what i'm glad to be in a place where i'm excited about fortnite announcements again Cause like, I being being into Fortnite in like 2018 during that summer, like very heavily for like three months, and then being like, cool, I had my time with it, and then falling away. I see all these announcements and stuff, and I'm like, all right, cool, what's going on in that in that game? But I never, I never have the context context to like understand. Like sure. when Chapter Two first started, right, or Chapter One ended, and the game was offline, I was like, wow, that's a really cool thing. Uh, you know, I don't, I'm not playing the game anymore, and so. It doesn't really affect me now that i'm back in the game uh it's really cool to be like oh yeah what is going to be the thing at game wars that that i'm gonna get yeah, to, i can't like, wait to see play wait to see what they have for this yeah very exciting stuff uh number three for playstation updates what is happening with astro <gasps> i'm pulling from zarmina khan at playstation lifestyle who says asked by edge magazine if team asobi is considering making an expansion or sequel designer nicholas Duset said that there are, there are currently no plans for either but didn't rule out the possibility quote if the character has popularity and if it proves that people are are really having fun an extension or sequel could be one avenue to follow said Duset. but at the same time in team asobi we're always trying to come up with ideas from technology and so there are so and so there are a lot of things we want to try and do around the controller. And as we make these prototypes, if one of them turns out to be a game idea in its own right, it could end up being a new direction and we take a new direction that we take and we'll run with it. End quote. Greg, what's going on? This is a fucking lie. 
they're working on another game. That that PlayStation blog post ended with you'll see Astrobot soon, didn't it? Remember yeah, that? Yeah, it did. It 100% did, which is making me wonder why why are you trying to fool us? All right, hear me out though. What if there's no Astrobot game and Astrobot gets announced for Fortnite at the game? Fortnite? Awards? Yeah. Good enough. I'm t- I'll take it. That actually sounds double really jump. exciting. Yeah. I know Tim yeah. Gettys doesn't like his round legs, but I really dig Astrobot. And it's such a weird thing not to like. You know what I mean? Like why his don't design. You know, his design is perfect. Tim Gettys is on the wrong gorgeous. side of history. It's okay. Terrible. I get it though. I get yeah. it because I, I get. I have the same complaint when it comes to some Pokemon. It's like these things are too round. That hey, I give them some. Hey, give them some edges. Hey. Give them some some some. Uh, I feel some hints at anti-fat Pikachu, edge. and I don't appreciate it. Bless no, him. I like I like I like Chunky Pikachu. Okay, I like Chunky Pikachu. Okay. It is the current. It's like whenever they announce a new gen, and they're like, "Here are the starters." Mm. They look like all the other starters. They all look the same because they're all based off of pillows. Like they all look <laughs> like fucking round. <laughs> they all look like no. round rats that like. Mm. I, they don't look dangerous. I want a dangerous looking starter Pokemon. That's fair. That's what I want. Um, but I, I, I think this quote is interesting, right? Where he's talking about how uh, we're always trying to come up with ideas from technology, because you know, Astrobot Rescue Mission and Astro's Playroom now are both games that feel like they are meant to display the possibility of the hardware that they're on. And part of me has wanted them to just make an astrobot game like just go go for it and like make crash but astrobot right like separate yourselves sure. from needing to be a playstation tech demo and do your own thing right even if it is astrobot rescue mission where rescue mission's whole thing was being a vr game right and so that felt like it worked as its own standalone thing uh while also also displaying how cool the the dual shock in conjunction with the vr headset could be i don't necessarily need a new astrobot game to be another display of the dual sense or another uh uh display of what's so cool about the ps the eventual ps5 pro or whatever that may be though i understand that they're they're excellent at doing that like there are pros at doing that and i understand playstation being like we need you guys to keep doing this because you guys are fucking killing it yeah i think this is just you know being on the record with edge magazine and being a designer you know what i mean you don't you have this is we have nothing to announce at this time but they're trying to keep it a little bit more secretive but they have to be working on it especially after the success they've seen the popularity they've seen and then that astrobot will be back sooner than later or whatever the hell it said do you think it is another tech demo-ish sort of thing or do you think it will be like a full game at this point it's got to be a full game right they they understand so. they have something here. They saw the success of uh, Rescue Mission and how much people loved that and how that was like people were saying it was like the Mario sixty four for VR. And then they've seen now the success of this of bringing uh, Astrobot to uh, such a bigger uh, swash of people with the PlayStation Five and the juice that Playroom's gotten there. I think you look at that and you easily go, yeah, why aren't we putting out a thirty dollar game? Why aren't we putting a forty dollar game? Now it's time for PlayStation Picks, of course, this is where we highlight a few of the cool-looking games coming to PSN this week. Starting with the big hitters, we got Destiny 2 coming to PS5 on Tuesday, December 8th, 2020. Puyo Puyo Tetris 2 coming to PS5 and PS4 Tuesday, December 8th, 2020. And then Cyberpunk 2077 coming to PS4 Thursday, December 10th, 2020. Uh, yeah. as, far as, as far as the picks themselves, I'm going to start off with a game called Temtem. Oh. Coming to PlayStation 5 on Tuesday, December 8th. Uh, Barrett, I have a trailer that you can play as I'm reading through the game description. Bless, uh, Temtem. Bless, I'm already it's on. Already up. You don't even know. See, Kevin, Kevin would not character. chocolate. He wouldn't know what's going on. We'd have to tell him. I know how to be freaking out right dude. now. Don't worry. Damn, Damn son. 
MVP. Uh, Temtem is a massively multiplayer creature collection adventure. Seek adventure in the lovely airborne archipelago alongside your Temtem squad. Catch every Temtem, battle the uh, battle other tamers, customize your house, join a friend's adventure, or explore the dynamic online world. I am very interested in this game because it is MMO Pokemon. It, it is, is very blatant. Blessing, I will let you know I started this game last night, so I would have something oh. to talk about new on this show when I thought we were going to have time to get through what we've been playing, and I will let you know this is just fucking Pokemon. This is just and fucking I'm very, Pokemon. very excited about it. Hey, man, go get it then. Yeah, it's, I, I'm not the biggest Pokemon fan by any stretch of the imagination. You know, the latest one, which escapes me on Switch, is the one that I've put the most time into ever. Sword and Shield. Yeah, that I rolled credits on. And so, like, jumping into this, I had heard, oh, Temtem, like, why do I remember that one? And it was like, oh, you know, you be a, a trainer or whatever, a tamer. And I was like, oh, right, this is the one people say is, is it the Pokemon knockoff. And then I started, I was like, oh, my God, it's just Pokemon. It's like, so you know Pokemon. What I mean? You like, wake up. Play right now, I wake, it's like, bro. I put in my character name. I customize them. I wake up in my house. It's my mom. She's like, you're leaving today. I run into the professor and my rival. The professor gives me my, takes me to the professor's house. There's three different uh, Temtems for me to look at. Which one do I pick? They all have their different things. I pick them. I play them. He gives me these cards that are the Pokeballs. You see them right there in the trailer. Then you, and then he's like, all right, cool. Go, you know, meet us up north or whatever. So I run around town and I run out into the tall grass and I'm getting attacked by other Temtems and I'm fighting them and I'm learning about it. And it's like, right now i am seeing other players in my world but i haven't interacted with them yet i'm i'm like literally 30 minutes into this game like you know what i mean like 45 maybe i don't even know and because i was doing stuff last night while i was tinkering with it and then right before this i played like maybe five ten minutes of it a couple of battles and so i haven't run into actually where i can team up with other uh humans in it you know because it is um you know mmo or whatever like you're online with all these different people but if you've been waiting for a pokemon to come to playstation this is it early access this week uh, you just still pay for it but a whole bunch of stuff in there and content. No trophies, of course, because it's early access, I assume. Yeah, I'm really excited to try this one out. I hope it's... I know it's out on PC, and I, I looked it up, and it seemed like people enjoyed it fine, and so I'm hoping that I'm able to play it and and appreciate it as, like, a Pokemon straight-up clone. Hey, you, um, won't, you won't bring it to PlayStation? We'll just make it. <laughs> we'll, we'll do it ourselves. We'll, 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 have these, we'll team up with Crema, and they'll bring it over. <laughs> also, coming to PlayStation this week, Haven is coming mm-hmm. to PS5 Thursday, December 10th. Uh, you and Kay have escaped to a forgotten planet, leaving everything they know behind, or everything they knew behind. Uh, when I say you, that's the name you. So why you and Kay? Because as I read that, for some reason, I confused myself, and I thought I was saying like you. I'm and doing Kay. it, and I was like, I'm doing it. Whoa. Um, but yeah, you and Kay have escaped to a forgotten planet, leaving everything they, they knew behind. Play two lovers at the same time as they settle into an unknown world. Explore the planets, looking for parts and material to fix your ship and make it a cozy home. Enjoy moments of everyday life as a relatable couple while cooking meals, crafting, and collecting precious resources to make it to the next day. I remember watching the trailer for this one a while ago and being like, yo, this looks fantastic. I want to try it out. Yeah. I have it downloaded. I have this and Temtem downloaded. I have not gotten around to them because I've been playing Cyberpunk, but I want yeah. to. I did the classic move of, oh, man, I'm going to play all these games and talk about them on the podcast, right? And there's two games I started at playing, and then I looked at the embargoes. So I was like, fuck, the embargoes don't line up with PS I Love You. So I did, yeah. uh, Haven's been sitting there because it came. I have had, again, the review embargo lifted last week for it. It's been sitting there. It's a kind of funny game showcase alum. It looks great, but yeah, I haven't started it. That's where I saw it, kind of funny game showcase. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Don't forget. Blessing. Greg. Believe it or not, we have a brand new segment called hashtag PS I love photo mode. This, ladies and gentlemen, is where you go to Twitter. You use the hashtag PS I love photo mode. I guess you do Instagram too, maybe. 
I haven't been looking there though. Yeah, keep it to Twitter. Hashtag PSI Love Photo Mode. Uh, we give you a challenge each and every week. You go do it, and then we showcase our favorites. Blessing, your challenge was last week. You picked Death Stranding. Do you want to show yes. me what you've picked as winners? Yes, Barry. If you can do your thing, you can show the first runner up here. Uh, shout out to at Orville Scott three on Twitter. I. I appreciate when you guys listen, right? And when we first introduced this segment, I mentioned that I'm very big into vertical uh, vertical shots oh. for, for photo mode. And you guys did not disappoint. Uh, if you look here, right, uh, Orville here basically did like a movie poster uh, because with the photo, photo mode, they have fun stuff you can do with that. And it is like this, this uh, silhouette-ish uh, image of um, uh, Sam. His name is Sam, right? Yeah, Sam, Sam Porter Bridges. Come Sam on, do you play this name? Sam, God. all the names in the game are ridiculous, and so like as I said it, I was like, "Or wait, was was too name? normal of a name to be in this <laughs> that game? Was too normal of a name. <laughs> there needs to be some kind of pun about America or porting things." Um, but you can see Sam basically making his way through Beautiful. through snow. Th- this definitely has a like shadow of a Colossus vibe to yeah. it with this poster. Oh yeah, I can see yeah. that. Yeah, and then you have the text "Tomorrow is in your hands" and like the movie. Uh, it look it basically is stylized to, to look like a movie poster, and so I really appreciate that artistic take on on uh, on a photo of a photo mode shot in this game. Uh, Barry, if you can go to runner up number two, this one comes from. Let's see here, uh, at Cole seven six seven five nine five zero zero. Cole here has this nice landscape shot of uh basically just the land right it's, it's it's the grassy area one of the things i like about death stranding is our style like i really yeah, love how the open environments look because it is a lot of times either just grass or just desert or just straight up just land and i i think it looks very beautiful it's very aesthetically pleasing and that and yeah you can also see um one of the company buildings i forget always that so much lingo in this game um but one of the buildings, one of the corporation buildings in the background, and then also Sam is holding uh, a human body-shaped package, which you have to assume it's one of the humans that you're carrying, mm-hmm. uh, transporting in the game. So shout out to that. Barrett, if you can bring the number one pick, the winner of PS Love Photo Mode for episode 49 of PS Love UXOXO. This one comes from Killjoy, at Killjoy1994, the homie William. Uh, they submitted this one. And it's basically another, it's another vertical shot. It's another movie poster shot. But this one is more close up to Sam Porter Bridges and the baby he's carrying. Uh, or sorry, the BB he's carrying. Got to go with the lingo. Uh, he's carrying oh, the BB. It's, it's, it's a clo- close-ish up shot of him and the BB. And like this, like, kind of a... He, he seems very fatherly in this photo is what I'll say, right? Like, he, yeah. he looks like he is... He, he's really caring for this thing. And you see like a rainbow in the background. It is him juxtaposed uh, against a blue background. And I really like how it looks. I really like the colors. I really like the blue. I think it is uh, a very aesthetically aesthetically pleasing shot. And again, I like the movie poster look. Tomorrow's in your hands. I like front. the BB is giving you thumbs up. The BB is giving you a thumbs up. Double yeah, thumbs there's up. so I much. There's levels. There's up. levels. It's like a, it's guy. like it's like uh, in the game giving you like the the quote unquote review like two thumbs up. Like. Remember yeah <laughs> so you gotta Wait. i do remember the likes in that game i gotta go back and finish that game because i'm i'm ashamed you never that's like finished the, it that's one of the things i'm ashamed about is, you yeah, love that I got, game i did and like i fell off i forget what reason i Even fell off for some reason i think it was because i was moving to, to san francisco um and like I, I i kept meaning to get back to that game but the mission that i landed at was like a mission to like walk all the way back <laughs> across the country and yeah. like i got there and i was like 
I'm gonna be in, in the mood for this one day, and I never made that it. Day today. <laughs> that, day that day is not today. That day never is not made today. it today. Understandable. Uh, blessing. Since you picked last week in Death Stranding, it's my time to pick what will be hashtag PSI Love Photo Mode for episode 50, the final episode of 2020. When it comes to PSI Love You XOXO, and of course, I want to see everybody use that Cyberpunk 2077 photo mode yeah that looks sick as hell so remember hashtag ps i love photo mode uh hit me up on twitter or just put it up on twitter i don't have to hit me up uh with your cyberpunk 2077 photo modes and i will pick the two runner-ups and one winner for next week ladies and gentlemen that's another episode of ps i love you xoxo remember the fun doesn't stop here. You can head over to patreon.com slash kind of funny games, where of course you can be part of the show. You can get the show ad free and you can get the post show. We're about to do remember each and every week. Blessing and I get together to talk about all things nerdy. When it comes to PlayStation, you can catch it early and watch live on patreon.com slash kind of funny games. You can catch it later. YouTube.com slash kind of funny games, rooster teeth and podcast services around the globe. No matter where you get the show. Thank you so much for your overwhelming support. You guys continue to be the best audience. Again, uh, this morning I put up at with two hours to go till showtime. Hey, now that you know cyberpunk reviews, what are your questions? Got so many of them. You made the entire show happen. Thank you all for that. We love and appreciate you. Uh, blessing, once again, congratulations. Thank you for doing this for Kind of Funny. Thanks for killing yourself to get this review done. Of course, I'm going to need a, a raise and uh, some days off. Thank you. Uh, denied on both fronts. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you. <laughs>